And we're live, a minor who's podcast to show with the freshest opinions and views on the world's most beautiful game. I am your host, Greg. I'm here with our homies, Brian, TK, Leek. I got Keith on the mix. Boys, how we feeling? Feeling good, baby. We back at it. We finally got the whole crew back. Somebody's back from low management, baby. Hey, I had to take a little family back to back off, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> back to it. Back to it. Couldn't be gone for long. Now, I'm just glad I ain't in the hot seat no more. <laughs> hey, so... I guess we're going to get right into it. Lonzo and LeVar. Um, this is a hot, hot news kind of issue. I don't even know how to put this. I'm going to put it for you, Greg. Yeah, yeah, help me. <laughs> LeVar is an away. idiot. He's stupid. And it hurts me because, you know, I was in so much support of this man with the way he uplifted his kids. Supposedly. Saying that uh, Lonzo was better than his stuff. Like, in my mind, it was everything that I would love for a father to tell their son or speak about their son. I have that much belief and faith, and then it all had the turning point uh, when Lonzo had lost 1.5 from I believe his name was Allen. It was um Lavar Allen Foster. Allen Foster, uh, it was Lavar's like uh, one of his closest friends. He said it was like an uncle to Lonzo. Yeah. Now he embezzled 1.5 from Lonzo. We don't even see like Lavar taking it as heavily. Mm-hmm. I understand it's not your money, but that's your son's money. And then we have the shouting match on their show. Well, not even a shouting match because Lonzo's so reserved. But damaged goods? That's what you call your son? I understand the injuries, but I'm, I can't look at my, my, my son, my eldest son, and call him damaged goods because he was hooping in the trash shoes that he was trying to promote for you? He's trying to help you out? Trying to put you on his back? And you're calling him damaged goods because he had to change his shoes every quarter and keep it on the low. Damaged goods. When he had the BBB tat on him. He had to tat it. Damaged goods. That's what we're calling our sons now? Marketing. <laughs> <laughs> nah, it was idiotic. Like, LeVar, I don't know. I Melo, get out of there. Leangelo, you can stay. But Melo, get get out of there. Lonzo, <laughs> he'll take you. Let's just let's just all get up out of there, man. I'm so, so I'm disappointed. So, you alluded to a lot of things. Um, For those who don't know, on that television show, there was a... I guess a leak footage before the episode actually aired mm-hmm. um, where Lonzo and uh, LeVar are kind of debating on what's next for the BBB um, big baller brand uh, moving forward after all of the scandals. Um, and Le- Lonzo is pretty much kind of clear on the situation. He says, look, we need to rebrand it. We need to change the name. Um he was in charge. He was running everything, and Lonzo won't have. I mean, Levar wasn't having it. Um, talking about, you know, I'm in charge. It's my vision, and Lonzo pretty much was like, "You ain't set nothing up. Uh, you didn't get everything straight. Um, that was all him. We got to fix it." And I agree with Lonzo. I agree. I think that is something they, if that's something they want to keep alive, there's a lot of things that has to change in order to make it so. Like you mentioned about the shoes, there is no reason why you. Kids are spending $400 shoes on stuff that is not going to last them a whole quarter. Like, that's just unacceptable, especially when you're putting out this type of product and you're paying people, you expecting people to pay that much. Um, so, I don't, I agree um, with Lonzo. I think it's kind of crazy how you can kind of see their relationship changing, though. I mean, Lonzo's a grown man now. He has a kid. Yeah. Like, he's a father now. So he's not so much under his his father's wing and just listening to him. Like we we've seen them when they go on like first take or ESPN. Right. And it's like Lonzo just shuffling and Lavar's the huge personality. 
Lonzo was like, I'm not gonna go against my dad because in reality, like just, he, I'm, I just tore Levar down. But let me give him a compliment. He seemed like he had to be somewhat of a great father to get all his boys D1 scholarships. They had a nice home over their head. It didn't seem like they were going through really any kind of issues uh, financially. He took care of his duties as a parent, but I feel like he either, A, wants way more credit than he deserves as a parent. Like, no parent should ever say, like, hey, praise me for doing my job. Yeah. It's, I don't, he wants to be in the limelight. He wants to be the star. He wants to be the focus on him. If I'm Lonzo and I have that back and forth with LeVar, the first thing I'm going to say is, you know what? Keep the keep the triple Bs. Just make it um, a LaMelo ball, LiAngelo ball, and LaVal ball. And you can fund it. And you can put whoever you want to handle whatever so they can embezzle 1.5 for you. But take me completely out of it. I hope Lonzo gets a shoe deal soon and just rocks from that from the BBB brand all together. And it was something I was actually hoping would be hyper successful. Because I would love, like, what? Minority family starts their own company, goes an alternative route. Yeah. And it just didn't work out because, one, they had somebody who couldn't be trusted at a, a position uh, way too high. And then two, LeVar is just on a tunnel vision type mindset where if the star of the brand is speaking to you and telling you something isn't working, don't dismiss it. Listen and take the advice and actually work to make it better. But he's just, he's going to live and die by the triple B's. And if I'm Lonzo, I'm ready to let him die. So so one of the things that we didn't mention was what Brian would assume to be the wildest take. Out of everything that was said. Um, and it kind of came towards the end of the video. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, like I said, everything he said up until that point, while it was wild, like I said, I didn't consider him saying damaged goods, especially when put in context of what he was saying. He wasn't saying Lonzo was damaged goods. He was just saying people were referring to him as damaged goods. Yeah. And truth be told, he was saying, I'm still standing beside you, even though that's what people are saying. What was wild to me was, and going back to what you just said, TK, was at the end, he says, yo, without me, you three, LaMelo, Lonzo, and LiAngelo, y'all would just be normal guys, which I don't think any parent should ever have the right to tell their child. I don't care how much you did influence your child's life. I don't care how much you helped them along the way. To say that to your child, granted, it may even be true in some aspects. To say that to your child is where I'm like, whoa, that's way too much. Because at the end of the day, your child still had to go out there and put in that work. Yeah, you may have been the person put, setting their alarm clock, but if they didn't want to get out of bed, what were you going to do? Like, right. you're not going to sit there and force them to get out of bed at 4 o'clock every morning. And if you did, guess what? We've seen those type of stories. Those are the child prodigies who we see on Ellen dribbling the ball at 10 years old, and then we never see them playing ball ever again because it wears you out mentally. Nobody mm-hmm. wants to deal with that pressure their entire life. It seems like LeVar has been putting that pressure on them, and for the most part, they responded because they do seem to love the game. All of them seem to love the game to an extent. So for you to sit there and say, y'all would be nothing or y'all would be just average without me, is false. Do I think he helped Lonzo, especially his draft stock, with all the wild statements? I think it helped a little bit. Lonzo still was going to be a top 10 pick. Yeah. Like, nothing LeVar could have done. Outside of, I don't know, completely tanking his draft stock by saying something completely reckless, Lonzo was going to be a top 10 pick. Number two, yeah, okay, maybe you helped out a little bit. But Lonzo's a talented guy. LaMelo is a talented ball player. LeVar can't do anything about that. You helped, but it's, you are not the sole reason for that. And to say that to your child is just wrong in so many aspects. So, I mean, I don't know what happens going forward with these two. Because, like I said, it looks like a situation where 
Lonzo is starting to get it. He's starting to understand himself as a person, and he's kind of moving out of his dad's shadow in a sense. And he's not necessarily speaking out a lot, even though he's been on a few shows. Like he, I think he did a podcast yeah. um, with Josh Hart where he talked about the shoes. And I think he's been on some other places, kind of you know, just being out there, being present, but being separated from his father in a sense. Um, do you think that this is the end of Triple B? I mean, Triple B died when Lonzo didn't want to wear his shoes anymore. I really think Triple B never actually progressed to the point where we were hoping it was going to go or even they thought that uh, where they were. Yeah. Like as soon as Lonzo realistically, when he touched the league and those shoes weren't looking right, like we can all see it. Of course, he didn't come out and speak on it. Mm-hmm. But like we can all see it. And when it was a back order of the shoes and they were taking months for the mm-hmm. people who, who did buy the $400 shoes to receive them, Triple B was dying right then. Because we have to re- remember, like when it comes to, to buying and selling and running any kind of retail or merchandise, yeah. customer service is like the biggest thing. A1. So if I'm a kid and I was fortunate enough to have the money to, to buy the $400 pair of shoes and I ordered them in October and it's March and I still didn't get them, yeah. I tell people all the time, word of mouth is still the best way of advertising. And we didn't see BBB with, like, sponsored ads online or anything like that. It was just always somebody coming out and complaining about the actual product. Yeah. Or the lack of the product because they didn't get it. So it didn't really... It got hyped up, but realistically, it didn't get too far off the ground. At least in compared to what LeVar wanted it to be or what I wanted it to be as well. I'm not, I'm not willing to go that far. I think... I think there was a point where I thought it had this hype beast vibe to it, where it could have been that. It could have been that cult, this like fit. So kind of going back to what Tamal was saying, and I do agree with you a little bit. Where where they messed up, or more so where Lavar messed up, is if you're going to be that person that challenges the status quo, if you're going to be that person that challenges the NCAA to an extent, if you're going to be the person that challenges Nike, Adidas, and all that. You gotta have your ducks in a row. You can't cut corners. You can't cut corners. You gotta say, yo, we're gonna do this and we're gonna do it to the best of our ability. We're truth told, you gotta make sure you're perfect. You got your first, especially your first launch, has to go perfect. And that's where they messed up. Cause like I said, as soon as it started going downhill, this is what it be this is what it started to look like. Ghetto business. Ghetto black business. It looked like they were selling stuff out of the back of a truck. And that's a problem. If they could have come out and literally hit the ground running, even with Lonzo kind of falling by the wayside in the NBA a little bit because of injuries due to situations in L.A., whatever, however you want to phrase it. If they could have come out with mm, on their P's and Q's, they could have really made some noise. And I think they underestimated how much people, the general public, like just fans of basketball in general, mm-hmm. wanted it to work. I would have loved to have they, some BBB gear. And they messed up the pricing. They made it so expensive. So expensive. And that's to your point when you say they had to be on their P's and Q's. Not only did you mess up the customer service part, part you messed up the actual product and the quality of yeah, it. Yeah, the product wasn't so if even if they, worth if I If I finally got the shoes and they were amazing, I'm going to say like, yeah, it took five months. But when I got them, they were everything I wanted and more. Mm-hmm. So like I said, it's still a certain level of advertising that quality products have in word of mouth. But the fact that your customer service was trash. And the actual product was trash. Mm-hmm. 
after that first launch, realistically, they were dead. And like I said, I think we just wanted it to work, so we kept extending the chance we, we gave trying. them. Yeah, because we all, everybody. But really, this is where I really think Lavar got lost in the big picture idea of it. He's thinking, "Well, I'm gonna automatically sell shoes because they would start off with what, like six hundred dollars for like, the shoes, at least four ninety five. Four ninety five. I think it was the price point it, exactly. Yeah, five, I think it was like four ninety five, five hundred. But then there was like an extra set, like you get for like six, seven hundred or something. Like he went for this big picture idea of everybody's gonna flock to it instead of saying. Truth be told, he probably should have came out a little bit lower than what everybody else was. Like Nike and everybody, he should have came in a the little bit. The shoe should have been $100. I probably would have went 150 150 would have been a good price. If you would have did that, you would have saw everybody wearing big baller brand. Everybody would have went for it. I, I mean, think. but the, the issue is, I, I believe the price point was the issue in general in uh, terms of having fans mm-hmm. and everybody wearing the shoes, making them affordable, of course. Uh, everybody's talked about that. The bigger issue is the fact that they couldn't get the shoes. So the people who paid for the shoes, because even if you made it like these supreme prices, mm-hmm. right, right, we still go outside and see half the people in the city exactly. wanting or it's wearing supreme. Buying a brick, bro. So, I, I and I think that's kind of like where I'm more so on. If if they had done it right, they the price point could have stayed the, if they actually and, got and the, the product out and the, and the quality. The, and at that time, the trajectory of the boys were through the roof. Like at, all three of their stocks were. Wow, Lonzo was the number high. two pick. Lamelo was. Lamelo definitely. He honestly, he should have finished high school. Probably top should've five in his fin- class. Should have finished high school. He's probably gonna be, be a lottery. He definitely gonna be a lottery pick. Jello was a D one athlete. Everything, everything played in their favor going forward. Everything in terms of the trajectory. Because even though we like had questions. And we can see now that Jello won't go to the league. Um, at least that's. But who would have known if he would have stayed in college? Exactly. Exactly. So even that situation, looking at them, is like their trajectory was all high. Their stocks were rising, and everybody was looking at all those and saying, "Man, this is something we can get behind." Because of the the context, these are three black boys, and their their father, which people say we don't see enough of. In terms it's of family, a family so, business, we then, all wanted it to work exactly. And so the fact that you know it happened this way between Alan Fo- and Alan Foster did a lot of things janky. If if you check out like the entire story behind him, there was one episode where kids weren't getting paid for playing in that JBA. Oh yeah, yeah that, that, was, that, like, went bad. that was crazy. That like, went bad. That was a horrible league, and it kind of got these swept are high, the rug. These are high school high school kids deciding, choosing to give up, forego their, everything. Yeah. And they're not getting paid in this little, I guess. Ricky Dink League. Exactly. League, like, essentially. And so that, I thought that was crazy too. So um, I don't know, man. It's it's sad. I think it's sad because this, this could have been one of those stories where we look at it and say, you know what? Something great came out of it. But this is, I think this is kind of like what it looks like if the overbearing father and the kids just didn't become what they were supposed to become. It's like, but we the kids, at, the kids like, did everything they were supposed to do. It was him. That's true. my whole point. He was. But imagine this. Imagine this. Say, say the way we look at Tiger Woods' dad, Serena, Serena Williams, Williams and Venus' dad. If they weren't successful, they would get this label too. I don't. We looked at Levar in the opposite because it seemed like the support that he did with his boys was so uplifting. The way he would speak about him. Serena's dad, he gets hung up and strung up because of. The immense pressure, and it seemed like he was. We just spoke about the ten-year-old prodigies that were on Ellen, and you never see them again. He was one of those dads, overbearing. It seemed like he wanted it way more than you want to like. If Serena said, "I don't want to play tennis," 
he would have been like, so pick up your racket. It just it seemed like it was he was forceful. But with Lavar, it seemed like his boys loved basketball. He loved basketball. He made it a family thing. He spoke about them so beautifully. It was it was great. And it was yep. something that you don't see in black culture a lot. Yeah, you have brought it up right. to the point that it was Black Father. He was uplifting. I can go with that. The but antics I- were kind of crazy. But what what negative did he say? Like we said, oh, he's speaking crazy because he says Lonzo is better than Steph Curry. So you're saying that your son is is better than arguably one of the greatest point guards ever. Like that doesn't seem like you're putting too much pressure on him. It seemed like you putting a lot of belief and faith into him. So Levar, at one point, that, yeah, at one point, he was on really a right path. Which is this BBB in the business aspect is what really ruined it. I mean, I think the difference between Lavar and we talk about certain Williams that type of was that yes, their parents were definitely overbearing and they definitely pushed them, right? But they knew when to step back. Lavar yeah. never knew when to take finally say, you know what? I've taken you as far as I can take you. It's time for somebody else to get you to the next step. Tiger was that, then coach him his whole career. Serena Williams' dad did not coach Venus and Serena their whole career. True, it was I'm going. Like I said, they recognized that their child had a special gift. Right. And granted, you could say they were overbearing and they pushed them into it. I would say most parents would do that. When you recognize your child is special, they have a legit special gift. Most parents are going to be overbearing. They're going to say, "Yo, you really need to do this." Now there may come a point in time where that child does, like I said. They become a prodigy, and then eventually they say, yo, I'm sick of this. And sometimes that causes a problem between the parent and child. Sometimes it doesn't. But they recognize their child has a special gift. They push them towards that. Eventually, I guess Serena fell in love with it. Venus fell in love with it. Tiger fell in love with it. And they kept it going. But they knew when to say, hey, this is all I can do for you. Now it's time for you to do this by yourself. LeVar legitimately seems like he wants to be the star of the family. But he's not the star of the family. And that's the problem. That's why the craziest comments he always has, it normally isn't about Lonzo. It's when he starts saying stuff like, I could have beaten Michael Jordan one-on-one. I was a great athlete. Bro, you averaged two points in college, bro. Like, that's not not Anybody that ever played college ball, I, got, I respect because it takes talent to play at that level. So I'm not sitting here saying LeVar was trash. He, like, he might have been able to beat me one-on-one back in the day, for all I know. I don't know. But he was a good athlete, no doubt. But Lonzo's better than you. I think LaMelo's probably a better athlete than you. LiAngelo, who knows? Um, <laughs> LiAngelo's a D1 athlete, though. So was Lombardo. Lombardo's a D1 athlete. It's like, who knows? You know what? LiAngelo probably is the most like his father if we probably want to keep it 100. When you really, especially when you look at body types, LiAngelo's probably the most like his father. Lonzo and LaMelo look different than him. And they look like different type of athletes. He wants to be the star of that family. But in order for that family to be successful, he needs to step back. And he can't do that. He just got to realize his boys are grown now. Exactly. Yeah. And I think he's great from a marketing standpoint. He built them so much buzz by being able to do it his own way. No doubt. Mm -hmm. Um, Going all the way back to when he was in high school. And I mean, being in that California area, I know Compton Magic was hard on trying to get those three boys to come over. But he was like, we're going to do it our way. All the way up until the point where people forget he was at an Adidas tournament got one of the female reps kicked out just because Adidas wanted Lonzo to sign with him that badly. So mm-hmm. he brought them to this point. But I think once it got to where Lonzo was getting hurt with the Lakers and then LeBron came in, and I definitely remember hearing LeBron had whispered to somebody, was like, hey, make sure you keep him under wraps this year because he will be gone. Ended up happening that way 
But I think now Lonzo's at a point where he's out of L.A., he's under the bronze circus, or he's away from it, and I think he also just needs to have his dad just, you know, just let him hoop at this point in time. Yep. Like I, said, I think once Lonzo got to college, that's when it should have been step back. Yeah. Your, your, his career is no longer in your hands. And then he almost – I think LaMelo's going to be fine because he's a natural talent, but he kind of closed some doors – for his own no, son by, by snatching him out. There's no reason he shouldn't be at a UCLA, a Kansas, an Arizona not. type this year. LaMelo could have been at any school in the country. Yeah, like I said, he had his pick. But Lithuania. <laughs> <laughs> like. So, um, Leake, you said one thing, and we'll get off this real quick. And I, I guess I'll end it with this. If LaVar was quiet, does Lonzo still get traded? Yes. AD yeah. was in the picture. Yeah. That was gonna happen. Okay. Yeah, that was gonna happen. Okay. I yeah. felt like I felt like maybe that was more of an issue to get him out because we. But didn't the want Pelicans the weren't going it. to make the trade without they wanted Lonzo, so but, it's not more so the Lakers just say, "Hey, we gotta get him out of here." It's just more so that's one of the things that. But the would Pelicans they have wanted. picked Lonzo? Would they took Kuzma instead of exactly. Like who they would rather have kept if from if the reports from the reports that I've seen. I mean, now the Pelicans say they said want Lonzo. they wanted Lonzo. Yeah, now you have Lonzo on your team. You're gonna say that. No, you I'm saying really but, I'm Lonzo. saying before when we were having the circus um, from last year when Lonzo was still in L.A. They were saying they they he they, they wanted Lonzo. They said they wanted all three. They wanted Kuzma, Ingram, and Lonzo. So you're saying would they perhaps been cool with taking Kuzma and not it's, Lonzo? Exactly. That's all. From the, the Lakers, I think they side, wanted both. The I think they wanted side. both of them. From the Lakers, from the Pel- I don't think Ooh. the Pelicans are making that trade without Lonzo in it. Yeah, I don't think they. I think are. It's they needed a point guard. Yeah, they they, they, weren't, they were taking him. Do they? They weren't. They. It was either him or Alfred. I mean, you could play Drew at the one again, like. But he's he's best. I mean, he's a two. he's a combo. But he, I mean, yeah. I get what you're saying. But I mean, you could have had a season with him. If I can one. get Alfred Payton off my team, I'm gonna get Alfred Payton <laughs> off my <laughs> oh, team. Oh, well, whoa, he, he had a string of triple bad. doubles last year. Alfred was not that Lonzo's bad. Lonzo's ceiling is much higher. Than definitely, definitely. Yeah, so definitely. Acts, but Alfred, but Alfred didn't play bad last year. Yeah. Oh, okay. Alfred's not he a bad point guard. He didn't play bad. But I would take Lonzo as well. But like the Pelicans wanted Lonzo, I don't think that would change that trade at all. Like I, said, I, like I said, I think they would have considered taking Kuzma instead of Lonzo, but I think the Lakers kind of had moved off the Lonzo train, so they were definitely more. I see they pushed; they were more willing to give it on Lonzo. Exactly. But I think the Pelicans, like I think, end, if the Lakers like, had really you know, wanted to play hardball with Lonzo, they really wanted to keep him and play hardball. I think the Pelicans eventually. But the said, threat of the Boston Celtics and everything their way for AD was still there. Like what? Never mind. We're not going to get into that. Yeah, it's um, a whole different discussion of what ifs that never happened. <laughs> 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 so. I guess that's something we'll keep an eye out for. Um, yeah, when he signs everyone, that Nike contract. Right, right. <laughs> see see how LeVar acts on that. But um, the NBA um, has some new anti-tampering rules. <laughs> Y'all can hear me laughing, right? <laughs> this is so I stupid. I don't think it means anything. But I, because it's my job, I'm going to tell y'all what's in it. So um, according to ESPN and Woj, shout out Woj again. Um, the changes really amount to an increase in fines um, from a maximum of $5 million for tampering to 10 um, that mostly mirrors the increase in franchise values and player salaries over the past two decades, also allowing Silver to, in theory, take draft picks as punishment for any conduct detrimental to the NBA. Third, there will be annual 
random audits of five teams and a brief mandate that where cause exists, the league may undertake more in-depth investigations where they could possibly look at phones. They haven't looked into that in terms of if that's going to get passed yet, but taking guys' phones, taking front office people's phones to see what they've been sending. Um, and then lastly, the requirement that top team officials save communications with agents for one year. Guys, this is getting passed. However, like I said, there are some things that they still got the verdict out on. I'm going to be real with you. This doesn't change a thing. Sounds like a whole bunch of hoopla. <laughs> it's so stupid. This is almost this is almost as funny as the NCAA when they're saying they're going to catch everybody who's been recruiting allegedly. Bruh. Like, you know who I really feel bad for in this scenario? I feel bad for the dude who's working in the NBA office who's going to have to fill out all this type, extra type paperwork. This up, right? That's who I feel bad for because you're not accomplishing anything Bro, but more paperwork. You just created a whole new job in your organization. But that job is meaningless. Matter of fact, I should apply for that job. <laughs> I will work because you you're going to get paid well. Yeah. I'll take it. Just All you're going to do is just run around the NBA offices and ask, hey, did y'all do anything illegal? What are they going to tell you? No. Exactly. <laughs> Oh, let me get your phone. Okay, I'm going to give you my third burner phone. Here. Come on, man. Yeah, this is this is rough. Um, I think it's... And one of the things they said, they raised it from $5 million to $10 million. I'm like... Ooh, to a billionaire. Right. Like, these guys throwing... They throw $10 million around on the ease. Like, I don't know. I don't see how this is a big deal or why they... Chris Middleton just got $180 million, and we're talking about $10 million to the team? That's craziness. <laughs> That's craziness. Uh, Lee, what you think, man? I think they're trying to stop this just because the smaller market teams are always getting, you know, taken off of their big name stars by whatever big market it is. But at the end of the day, guys are going to network however they want. All these dudes in the league, they're cool now because year by year – more of these dudes have been playing against each other since they was 13, 14 years Thanks. old. Um, even stuff we saw this past summer, like Kawhi and PG teaming up. I had heard uh, Kawhi was trying to bring Paul George potentially to San Antonio back when PG had let Indiana know he wasn't staying. So, I mean, whether these guys talk in the regular season or not, teams are going to figure out how they're going to get the guys they want. And here's the, here's the thing that I didn't mention. This only affects the team. This does not affect the players. The players can oh. still communicate. And to be honest, they're the biggest influence. Like, easily. I think they're a huge influence on where these guys land going forward in the free agency and how they, you know, ask for trades. So the fact that this only kind of adheres to the front office um, kind of, I don't know, it still it doesn't change anything. It, it like, does you nothing. just close one door, but the water's going somewhere else. It's like, what's the point? You didn't even close the door. <laughs> You lowered it a little bit. That's about it. You didn't close it. Like, all these super teams that we all hate so much, guess what they all started forming? The Olympics. Team yeah. USA. How you, so how are you going to stop a face-to-face -face conversation? Yep. Hey, let's go out to dinner. I want to tell you about how great my organization is because yours sucks. That's what <laughs> happens. Like, how do, you can't stop that. So, NBA, guess what? This is the reality of a situation. We are living in the AAU culture now. Deal time, with it. It's only getting worse. Exactly. It's only getting worse. We've talked about tampering enough, and we've all kind of came to the conclusion where we should pretty much say open season on tampering it. 
pretty much. Just let guys do what they do. People are going to go to the better organizations. If your organization's great, then you don't have to worry about anything. Yeah, pretty much. But if you're going to not bring in guys to help your star players win, right? If you can't hire guys, a competent coach. If you can't do those things, then yeah. If you're doing everything it is you're trying to do, then nobody's going to leave your team. And I'm going to create a lot of, I'm going to make a lot of people angry when I say this. But if you are one of these small market teams who's upset because you're in a small market and because your organization doesn't know how to put together a winning culture, sorry, you're stuck. The only way your organization is getting better is either getting a new owner, moving out of that city, or you finally get lucky and you draft that player whose name is the next LeBron James. That's the only way. That's the only way your team will improve. So, sorry, if you're that team, if you're Phoenix, you're stuck. Memphis is about to be in this category unless John Morant is that dude. I hope he is. I do too. Think it will be. I, I think so too, but same time he's got we gotta see it. So one of the general managers said, um, I don't think Silva should have any right to get into my phone. I wish my owner would vote no, but I doubt he will. You'll only make yourself a target for investigation if you do. Um <laughs> Bruh. how do y'all feel about the phones? That's what's gonna get tricky and what's gonna get guys pop. I can't see any way that passes. I don't see how that passes. That is, that's almost constitutional. How many how many large market teams are there as a, as compared to uh, even the small Walmart. market teams? Can you like seriously think about some of the things small market GMs probably te- say about others other organizations or other players? Like honestly, think about the things Sam Presti has probably said behind closed doors about Kevin Durant or just any any of them. Yeah, any GM. Just think about that. If that were to ever get out, he's never getting another free agent. Yeah. That there's no way that passes. If that passes, I will be amazed. A few it was like a year ago, I think the Sixers had to get rid of um their original GM just and he was of, using a burner account. Right. Right. And they got him out immediately Yo, because that was a Colangelo. Yep. Yeah, it was that Colangelo. Was, that was not that, that was the, the son. son. Yeah, the, the son. son. J- not Jerry Baum. God I always forget his name. It don't matter. Anyway. But, like, it's that idea. And, like I said, as much as, like I said, I know most of GMs are a little bit older and more distinguished, but in the day, they real people. They got feelings, too. Trust me, there are GMs in the league who are like, yo, that player is trash. That player ain't no good. If you, They probably got players they don't like because they've been in their organization. They have probably said a ton of stuff about people. And probably said a ton of not even about players, but about other owners, about their owner. <laughs> yeah. I ain't giving up my phone. <laughs> I would, ref- I, yo, I'm handing my resignation. I'm done. I'm getting fired anyway if y'all go through my phone. I'm done. <laughs> At least I can get another job somewhere else. I'm done. Nah, I can't see that one passing. I would be amazed. And if it does, guess what? Everybody going to have a new phone. You have a work phone. You going to have your real phone. TK, you got anything on it? No, it's stupid. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, as you can see and or hear... There's no real solution yet. This just, just seems to be Silver trying to put a Band-Aid on it for the sake of whatever small market owner has an issue. Silver, just lean in, bro. Be the player. Just be the players. Be the players. Be the player. Be, be the, the player guy. Be the player's commission, man. Like, it sounds like something David Stern would have tried. David Stern would have went a Like, if he this was win. David Stern, this yeah. would be a $100 million fine. Stern would have made yeah, sure. He, yeah, he would have killed. Bro. This would have been a $100 million fine. 
Yeah. Now that way, would do something. That would be way more straight. Hundred million dollars and guaranteed that picks be gone. Yep. Like if he hundred million dollars and two picks. Yeah. You. That would be David. You would do that. Now would it work? Would it? Nah. It's still, it's, and that's the kind of that's the tough part about it. it's still a probable cause thing. Like you exactly. have to, you have to have undeniable evidence that I was tampering. Like it can't just be me talking on TV about how much I like a guy. Wink, it has wink. to be like, <laughs> nah, nah. But even, even, even that Johnson. though, because what, <laughs> like legit, what qualifies as tampering? Nobody knows exactly. <laughs> it's like, like case in point, LeBron James literally went to Toronto to recruit Kawhi last year during the playoffs, <laughs> in the middle of a playoff run. Now, we all know that, and we all know that's what happened. But can you definitively prove LeBron met with Kawhi and said, hey, you should come to the Lakers? No, unless you were in that room, you can't prove that. LeBron can say, yo, I was there to wish the man happy birthday. Well, his birthday was three months ago. I was late. Ah, I forgot. <laughs> <laughs> like, you can't prove anything. True. So what are we talking about? Y'all are trying to stop something that y'all have no control over. You can't define it. You I mean, it's it's too much. It's too much. You just got to let it rock, man. And to be honest, this type of, like, this offseason was the best thing that happened to the NBA. And that's why I'm trying to figure out why they're doing this. Right. Like, let this job rock. Y'all don't, they don't realize. This this is going to be one of y'all most popular seasons of all time. But y'all trying to stop it from happening again. They don't realize how much they leaned in on the NFL season just by being so dramatic in a sense during the off season. Like it was crazy. They're trying to they're trying to make sure basically I feel like with this rule, they don't want Giannis getting pulled from Milwaukee on. Bruh. They bro, talking about Giannis going to the Warriors. <laughs> Yo, That's what I think this is just trying to stop right here. But how is that gonna stop, that stop anything? It's not gonna do much at the end of the day. Steph but. and Giannis are friends. They're gonna go hang out. They're gonna play golf or whatever. Hey Giannis, come to my house, hang out with my kids for a little while. We're not gonna talk about basketball at all. Yeah, okay. It's crazy. Y'all, it's craziness, man. Y'all getting on my nerve. Y'all people, man. NBA, come on, man. Y'all smarter than this. Klay Thompson on a living his best life tour right now. Like, he won't yeah. stop in Milwaukee and say, hey. Come play with me. <laughs> do you want to live somewhere where we actually have technology? Come on to go San Francisco. Oh, man. Oh. What was he going to do, like, a tour? Huh? What was he going to do, like, a tour? I'll like, go. Dear God. I'll take the booze. <laughs> right here. I'm here. I'll take it. Hey, we love you, Milwaukee. You're, we're, we're friends. I love everybody in Milwaukee. I just don't love the city of Milwaukee. Love the people. Next topic. <laughs> Let's save them. Let's save them. We've made some pretty, pretty janky, great, and weird lists so far. Um, we finally have Leak on the show. Ooh. Um, we haven't heard a list from him. We actually texted him. <laughs> and ask like, hey bro, send us your list and we'll mention it. And we've gotten crickets. I've had to be I feel like I've had to be here. <laughs> so, That's the only way I can properly represent it. So he's here. We're gonna get his point guard and shooting guard list out the way. Um and leave that up to the public to cut into decipher, whatever the case may be. Um I'm pretty sure it can't be worse than my two guard list because God knows it was janky. Um, but go ahead, League. Let's let's hear point guard. All right, so I'm just gonna go for point guards for now, and then 
honestly, when we dive, I think we got to have the, the small forward debate before I can finish my twos because some dudes I feel like are right there on the line. But okay. as far as point guards is concerned, going from 10 up, looking at some of the even lists that y'all had, I was shocked everybody had Conley at 10. From the standpoint of, not that I think he's a top five, but is he better than Trey Young? Like he's not better than Trey Young going right into, now. Going into twenty nineteen, so season? going like, into this season, going into this season, yeah. Like let's not. I still got to give him credit for some of the things he's done in the playoffs. But we're like, talking about this season, like yes, going into the season. If we wouldn't be this hyped about him, I feel like going to Utah. If he wasn't still a guy that we think could average twenty some, like I mean, flat twenty, that's what he did last year. He had his be- he honestly he had a career year last year. Right, he had right. Most but, points, most assists. And he's also one of those guys that he doesn't always have to put up the highest numbers Very to true. affect the team to win. Um, Trey Young is going to have more of an impact for Atlanta, I think. He's going to have a definitely a higher impact, I think, because of usage need. But I still think you know, don't be shocked if we blink our eyes in Utah's. In a game six, game seven, trying to get to a conference finals. So, and a, high, a lot of it is going to be towards Mike Conley. And Bogdanovich and Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert. But Mike, I feel like the two best players on that team are going to be Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. But then there could be nights where it can be Mike instead of Gobert. I think it'll just all depend. Um, but I'll definitely still say Trey is a top 10 uh, guy. Uh, I see also here. Just, pr- just give me a list. I'm putting it. I'm putting it on paper now. Like, just right. give me a list. A list. All right, we'll go from top down. Then I'll go right. Steph one. Gotcha. Go Dame two. All right. All in consensus. <laughs> I think that was pretty pretty fair after this. Um, I go off of slight favoritism. <laughs> I go Kyrie number three. All right. It's not favoritism. Some people, people, some people would. We argue, all had him yeah. top four. Yeah, he, we all got. Him we've top all four. admitted that he is the most talented. Yeah, yeah, we all had him point top guard. four. So Kyrie top top three. Right after that, I go Russ. Yeah. You going on my list? Nah. He's looking just <laughs> like yeah. my list. <laughs> really <though. laughs> I go after Russ. Hmm. Say it with your chest. I go Kimba. <laughs> I go Kimba. Kimba. I go Kimba. Okay, okay, okay. I I go Kimba at five. I think, especially because this list is supposed to be about going into this year, I really think this is going to be. So Kimba over Ben Simmons and Russ. No, he already said Russ. I had Russ. Yeah, Russ at four. Yeah, Russ at four. four. Then Kimba. Um, Just because I think we've seen Brad have IT average 28, score like 10 each fourth. I think Kimba is that player and then some. Um, so I just think, and the type of guy can be, is I think the same way KG's just winning spirit fit Boston when he got there. Yeah. I think it's a very similar type of vibe from the point guard standpoint. Um, so that's my top five going in the six. I have, I'm gonna go Ben Simmons right there at number six, even though I think he should be a four in all honesty. <laughs> um, so we got Ben. After that is where I'm going to go with. After Ben, that's where I'm going to go with Mike Conley. Okay. Okay. At number seven. Ain't nothing wrong with that. And then number eight 
somebody I definitely think is about to be a dark horse this year because I think him with this new team is going to be a good fit. But I'm going to go D'Angelo okay. right there behind Mike. So we at eight, right? Yep. yep. So I got two more. Mm-hmm. Well, man, you supposed to come in ready, man. I'm going, I'm going Jamal Murray at nine. My Ooh, man. Okay. And then I'm going to go De'Aaron Fox at 10. Ooh, okay. It's not a bad list. Not a bad list at all. All right, keep it going. Give me a two guard. Let's oh, get him out of the way. Goodness gracious. Can we go to threes and then come back to twos? Because I feel like I want to be able to figure out. Because some I of these you. guys on my list. Right, I got you. They, they ride there on the line. So, so we'll definitely got We got to preface this. Y'all didn't hear us trying to figure out how difficult it was to, to decipher fit, yeah. who was a three, a four, and a two. Taman almost didn't even make Did you make a list, bro? I mean, it's there. <laughs> 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 but it's 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 just so, the wackest list ever. Like this was a very very tough thing because we kind of got caught in this conversation of we're looking at a, a positionless basketball and there are so many quote unquote unicorns um, all over the league and Fair. where we really can't decipher how we put them. They're just wings. Um, so for sake of argument, Giannis is a three. Aaron Gordon is a four. Did I miss anybody? We said Chris Middleton's a two. Chris Middleton's right? a two. Okay. Chris so Middleton's a two. PG's Jimmy a Butler's three. a two. PG's a PG three. Jimmy two. Butler's a two. All right. Ka- Kawhi's so, uh, a three. Kawhi's a three. Yep. So anybody who's listening is saying we forgot somebody. No, we put them in categories that we saw they were best fit just for sake of argument. Or they're just not on our top ten list. <laughs> and Kevin Durant is hurt. Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Is anybody hurt. who's injured, injured for, players are not on the list right now. Yeah, because this is going into be, the season. Yeah. So who wants to start? Mine uh, is bad, so I'll start. Oh, I, was, I had mine <laughs> right here, so I was gonna like, you got it, knock it out. Mine is just horrible. Like, all right, go for it. Yeah, I that probably left off everybody. Um, where's this list? <laughs> you know this list is bad. I got eleven people. Like, oh my gosh, honorable mention. <laughs> man, I ain't even put this. You all right? Listen. Uh, LeBron at one. Work. Kawhi at two. Okay. Giannis at three. Mm-hmm. PG at four. Okay. And this is when it gets janky. Yeah. It sure does. Yep. And mind you, this is going into the season. Who's going to have an explosive season? I said uh, Joe Ingles at five. Whoa. Whoa. That's super janky. <laughs> okay, keep going, keep going, keep going. Bro, just when I was going. making my list, I was just trying Stop to think. Talking. Just keep going. <laughs> you can't say nothing to me. <laughs> Just keep going. Just keep going. Woo! <laughs> it just gets keep worse. Going. It gets Joe worse. Ingles at five. <laughs> it gets worse. Keep it gets going. worse. Keep going. Oh, oh my God. gosh. All right. Gordon oh. Hayward at six. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. It gets here. <laughs> Jason Tatum at seven. Okay. Oh, do I want to say this name? I'm going to switch this one around. Uh, Tobias Harris at eight. Okay. <laughs> Gosh. I'm scared. Oh, I'm just man. gonna read the last two really quick. I'm about to go get some water or something. <laughs> He's um, gonna exit stage left. Kelly Uber at nine. Brandon Ingram at ten. Kelly Uber. Who's, who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Kelly. Who's oh, next? What was that last one? You said Kelly Uber and who? Brandon Ingram. Who's next? Oh my, oh my gosh. I probably left some people off. Mind you. They didn't get to see me Kelly. almost cry because I was trying he to said. figure out if we're gonna put Giannis on this list. He said and Kelly Uber. Hey, look, Kelly Uber. 
I don't know. I don't I'll, got nothing I'll for go, you. I'll go next. Oh I'll Somebody go else go next. <laughs> oh my god. <laughs> I get one janky list. I had two great lists. I get one Kelly janky one. Oubre. I say you had a nerve to come at me about Evan Fournier. <laughs> uh, <laughs> hey, Kelly Oubre was hooping last year for the mm. Suns. We had Devin Booker up really high hoops for the Suns. Did you just put Devin Booker and Kelly Oubre in the same sentence? Are they on the same team? And are we talking about the Suns? Oh my gosh. Leak, give me a list, please. We're moving on. Go get your water. The best. <laughs> I say the best, the best small forward in the league based off of last year's production and definitely going into this year. I love how you had to. Look how he did <laughs> that. My, my guy. You know your dude's not that guy when Bro, you have to preface it. I have to. That was I just have to. so biased right there. He's not that guy when you have to preface it. But okay, go ahead and Kawhi, say it. Right now, Kawhi Leonard is the best small okay. forward in the league. Okay. Followed by. The only person I really feel like that can win the finals, if not him, and he plays for the Milwaukee Bucks and Giannis Antetokounmpo. Yeah, wow. Kawhi won. Giannis too. And mind you, we were told that this, this was going to encompass this last year and going into this year. So that's why I got no, Giannis. No, this is for this too. upcoming year. Yeah. So I mean, that's so why I'm projecting. What you believe they're going to do I'm, this year? I, me projecting. All right, LeBron at number three though. I'm not. Okay. I'm not gonna sweep too hard. Okay. Followed by that, Kawhi's teammate and Paul George. Word. So after that, I'm gonna go J- Jason Tatum. Okay. At number five, I think. Not while the USA team, you know, definitely underachieved, I think he had some bright moments. I think he might be able to get back to what he did his rookie year, uh, where you could say at times he definitely led the way for Boston. At number six, I go with another sleeper guy, uh, Tobias Harris with Philly. Um, I think he was holding it down for the Clippers prior to. He was one reason they were in the playoff picture. Even when they traded him, I think he helped Philly. I think he'll be able to blossom more in a better role where, you know, there's no Jimmy Butler and it's just going to be Ben, Joel, him. And I think they'll just be able to flow better. Uh, So right now I'm going at number seven. Um. This is somebody I think will also be able to help the Utah Jazz. And it's funny, Utah has two of these guys, but only one of them made my list. So I'm going to go Joe Ingles. Uh, that's where I'm going to get him. So what's that, number seven for me? So I got two more spots. Mm-hmm. This is one guy I think is definitely another big sleeper. I miss him now, no longer that he's a Washington Wizard. I'm going to go Otto Porter at number eight. Okay. For the fact that when he left and went to Chicago, he averaged like a smooth like 18 uh, and shot the ball, shot the ball at a really, really high clip. Uh, and I think when he was playing with John, mind you, we talked about this a long time before. But John limits so many of his teammates to just standing in the corner and shooting. Um, I think whenever we see Chicago halfway peek their head in the playoff picture again, it's probably going to be with Otto Porter somewhere in that mix. Uh, going at number nine, I'm gonna say this guy finds his groove back as well. Um, Really, really liked what he did prior to coming here, but I'm going to go with Gordon Hayward at number nine. That's me going out on a limb, hoping that he's somewhat of himself back from Utah. Uh, and to round it out at number 10, if this guy is a top 10 small forward, he helps them with being in the playoff picture, but I'm going to say Harrison Barnes. Um, and he didn't have the worst showing with Team USA. There's a lot of other guys you could have pointed the finger at, but shockingly, Harrison wasn't one of those guys. And I was kind of giving him some hate going into this FIBA world play. So that's where I'm going to round out for my top 10. That's if he's a top 10 small forward. The Kings will be in the run for making the playoffs. So um, running back. So at one, he's got Kawhi. Two, Giannis. 
LeBron at three, Paul George at four, Jason Tatum at five, Tobias Harris at six, Joe Ingles at seven, Otto Porter at eight, Gordon Hayward at nine, and Harrison Barnes at ten. Okay. Okay. Where um, you at with it, Greg? I'm up next. Boy. Hey. All right, here we go. Here we go. <clears throat> Number one, LeBron James. Number two, Kawhi. Number three, Giannis. Number four, PG. Here we go. <laughs> Number five, Gordon Hayward. Oh. And he I, believes. I, and the reason, and the reason we've seen Gordon high. Hayward be an all star. Yeah, exactly. For sure. And that's for sure. why. And, and one we've of the things Joe was just calling out, let's so janky. We just started off exactly the you same. You said Joe Ingles. I did. Oh, Gordon Hayward six. Yeah. You had Joe Ingles <laughs> at what, seven? All right, bro. No, no, nobody had Joe no Ingles top no. five. Joe Ingles top five, bro. Top five, top five, top five. Um, like I said, Gordon Hayward, top five, just off the strength we've seen him be an all-star. And also, guys are coming back from injuries a lot better. Um, he played pretty well going in at, towards the end of last he season. Did. He started group a little I bit. think being able to start this season, get the ground running, all that kind of stuff, be there from everything, I feel like he'll have a good, a good solid season. Definitely top five season. And because he's in the East, he could easily be back in all-star conversation. Um, six, Tobias. Okay. Seven, Brandon Egram. Mm. Eight, Tatum. Nine. This is where this is where it gets a little <laughs> dicey. I wanna say there's two Bogdanoviches. Yeah. Oh. Bogdan Bondanovich. I want to make sure I got that straight. It's my number nine. For Utah. Yeah. RJ. Bo- mm. Bohan plays for Utah. I'm sorry. Bogdan plays for Sacramento. Yeah. My okay. fault. Bo- I just want to make sure. I didn't want to get it wrong. Mm-hmm. Bohan Bogdanovich is my number nine. Okay. Number 10 is RJ Barrett. You're tripping. I am not tripping. Bro, I. In hindsight, my you- list don't look that bad. When you just put a Ricky who didn't step onto the floor. He hasn't had an NBA minute yet, but he's in your top 10 projected small fours going into the league. Hey, he still why. could be better than Kelly Hooper, right? You want to know why? No. You don't? No. Nah. You can tell them that. <laughs> you can tell them. So, I got RJ top 10 going into 2019-2020 season because I honestly believe that this rookie of the year race falls down to the top three picks. And to be honest, he's in a great situation – to put up empty numbers and get a lot of production. And the Knicks, from as much as I talk trash about them having four power forwards in the starting lineup or whatever. Team isn't horrible. It isn't horrible. If they slip around and make the playoffs, he could be playing some big they games. Won't, they won't make the playoffs. He, it's the East. Who's That's the, the eight, eight seed in the East? Like, exactly. <laughs> Orlando, but not the Knicks. Orlando's, they Orlando could be like the five. They've been together so long, like, they could easily slip up and be a six in the five. Like, the seven to eight spot is just wide open. So, I really think RJ, could, <laughs> like, nah. if RJ comes out, if RJ comes out, he averages, what, 16 and five? Well, I said, they, if he's a 20-point scorer, then like, they're a playoff team. He's going to, I think that's exact, he, he's doing better than Kelly Oubre, I believe. Yeah. <laughs> if, he, if he was out here averaging twenty, but I don't, I don't see that at all. So I don't know. I think it's a good. I think it's a good situation and a good time. For, it's a good time for him to be coming to the league because, 
like we said about these young guys, they're rising, and then you have the Kawhis, the Giannis, even though Giannis is 24, but LeBron, they're kind of like, all right, they're cemented, but we know in four years, yeah, it's gonna LeBron's be some, gone. Yeah. So, R.J. Barrett, number 10. All right. How is it on me? It's on you, fam. All right. At one, I got LeBron. Two, Kawhi. Three, Giannis. PG at four. So we're all in consensus in at least the top four Mm because some people. I think we all had PG four. Yeah, we all had PG four. That's a safe. That's a safe. Safe, safe. Like I said, he's right where he's supposed to be. He's not a. He's not a franchise carrier. He's a number two. Anyway, uh, at number five, I have Tobias Harris. Like I said, I think he's gonna have a really good year because. He's the only person in Philly who can create his own shot on the perimeter, for real. So Don't sleep on Josh Richardson. He can't create his own shot like that. He's a catch-and-shoot guy. He can go one dribble pull-up, but he's not a he's, guy you give it to. He's very athletic. He has a lot in his game that people haven't seen. Um, just don't You've been in Miami him. with nobody. Why didn't exactly. you show it? He, but That's probably why. He's, he's Yeah, he's I one mean, of the fact you're in Miami. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. That, I mean, I get what you're saying. I definitely get what you're saying. But let's be, let's be real about this. He's not a transcendent talent. We're not we're not putting that's that. my point. But that doesn't necessarily mean that he doesn't have something to offer on a competitive team and showing something in his bag that he we haven't well, seen. Okay. I, like I, said, I think he can score. I just don't think he's a guy you give the ball to on the wing and say, "Go get me a bucket consistently." Yeah, he's not. Mind you, the guy on this team that they're supposed to be giving the ball to to go get a bucket is Joel, Joel Embiid down the street. But I said on the perimeter, like Tobias Harris, the only person they can give the ball to on the wing on the perimeter and yeah. say, "Hey, go get us a bucket." Ben ain't doing that. He hasn't shown it yet. Joel Embiid's not doing that. Al Horford definitely ain't doing that at this point in his career. So, Tobias Harris, I think, is going to have a big year. Next up, I got Tatum at uh, six. I think he's going to take a step forward for Boston this year. I think he's going to be the solid number two behind Kemba. Uh, After that, I got Brandon Ingram. I think he's the key to New Orleans' success, honestly. Zion's, at this point, I know everybody's real hype on him. He's still a rookie. He's still got to come in. He's got to get used to this game. But Brandon Ingram has shown at a number of times throughout his career, he's a 20-point scorer, can handle the rock, can be a playmaker. He can do it all on the court. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see how he looks without playing with LeBron or another ball-dominant player. Um, then I got Joe Ingles at eight. I think he's going to be a big part of Utah's success defensively and with his shooting and playmaking. This is where I'm a little different. At nine, I got T.J. Warren. That's a sleeper, but I like it. TJ Warren with Indiana, especially without Old Depot early in the season, they're going to need a bucket getter. They don't really have that on that squad right now. They got a bunch of really good players, but they don't have somebody that gets buckets. I think TJ's going to do that for him, and he improved his three point shooting dramatically last year. So I think he's going to be big for them. And then at 10, I got Otto Porter. I think, like I said, solid 3 and D guy for Chicago. Chicago is one of my sleeper teams to make the playoffs yeah. this year. Mm-hmm. So with their big question is more point guard spot than anything. I think two through five, they're solid. Yeah, because I want to say they start. I'm trying to. I know they got Wendell Carter. They got yeah. Lowry. So they, they got Levine have... at the two, Porter at the three, Lowry at the four, Wendell Carter at the five. That one spot is going to come between Kobe, Kobe White, Chris, Dunn, Chris, Dunn, Chris Dunn, yeah. Dunn, and Thomas Sanaransky from Washington. Is that yeah? So they got three guys who are going to compete for that one spot. Now, truth be told, I don't really like any of those guys nah, to Tom, be a legit Thomas, starter. Thomas is an all-time backup. Yeah, he's guard. a good backup, but they might need him to be that starter. Yeah. Just because Kobe White's going to be erratic, and Chris Dunn has never been consistent. Right. <laughs> but if TJ, nah, if TJ is a top 10, 
then Indiana's a dark horse. They are. And they're one of my dark horses. They're in the, the dark horse in the East. They're more so. I don't. I don't see them, of course, being a team to get to the finals. But they can kick somebody out of going to the second round. Man, I need to see Oladipo. That's the big thing. I need to see yeah. Oladipo healthy. But if Oladipo is healthy and TJ Warren becomes a top ten small forward, I could see them. They could in play the right matchup. They could play in the Eastern Conference Finals. It's just about. Once you get there, now it all comes down to matchups because somebody they, get hurt. They just can't play Milwaukee in the second. I, yeah, Milwaukee would be tough for them. There's no way they can. They'd have to catch but then they got, Philly. They took Brogdon away from Milwaukee. so Yeah, but it's, they still got the freak over there. Giannis will be in the conference finals again this year. It I mean, he definitely should. It won't be a doubt about it. I think Philly, that's the team that I'm still going back and forth about. Did they really get better over the summer? Um I don't think so. I, I just think they're not deep enough, but Elton Brand's going to make a move. I think it boils down to that team's style of play and if they change anything in terms of the sets, how they space the floor, anything like it. It all depends on them. What motion, spacing? You took motion, all the shooters all off the roster. So it depends on if Brett Brown can get a motion offense in there that can be some type of effective. That kind of gets Embiid on an island and then can find a way to get Ben Simmons on the island at the same time. Or you just got to keep doing what you've been doing, and that's getting them off the floor together. I just think it's just what makes it so weird is that you have, okay, you have Ben, you have Joel, but it's like I said, Al, throwing it in there, it's three guys that are Literally standing under the rim. Because Ben's not spacing the floor, of course. We know this. Of course not. Al, yes, he will space the floor, but still, it's not like. He's not somebody that, like. There are certain shooters that warp the floor. Mm-hmm. Like, when they're out there, the whole defense is going to yeah. shift. Al Horford and Josh Richardson are not those type of guys. They're both solid NBA shooters. But no defense is going to run at them. Yeah, they're not shifting. Exactly. No defense is going to run at them like they run at J.J. Yeah. Reddick. So, even them being out there at a certain point in time in the game, if Joel is killing his matchup down there, a few possessions, not saying a lot, but a few, you'll live with, okay, we'd rather have Al shooting these trades than Joel getting one-on-ones down low. So now that's half a guy that can, you know, make it harder for Joel to score along with the fact that nobody's going to be guarding Ben when the ball is not in his hands. Like I said, Ben Simmons could realistically, like I said this last week, could come back and shoot 30% and it wouldn't help them at all because that forward spacing is just that bad. So, but this list is interesting. Kelly Oubre is definitely the name on this list that's standing out. shocking. Um, I like that. I like everybody for the most part has Ingram. Like, oh, bi, you said it. Bi yeah, is, like is 20. twenty. He's getting twenty. But I feel like Ingram he's gets slept. Getting- I think he gets slept on for that though. Like he's been slept on a lot in LA. I like him more than Kyle Kuzma personally. Nah, I do. I'm sorry. Tell me what Kyle Kuzma does well think- besides shoot. And he doesn't really do that really well. Mind you, I think he his game is still budding. Mind you, for one, he's still young. Absolutely. Just like bi, they're both. I like, want to say they're older. the same. But who's two older? years? Kuzma's older by like two years. Kuzma's yes, a four year player. He is, but let's still he's still that means he's what, twenty three? Twenty four now. That's not that's not old. But Ingram's twenty one. But Ingram can't shoot the ball to the same extent Kuzma. They shot the can. same percentage last year. There's percentages, yes, but still like I feel like Kuzma's game is getting better year by year. And Kuzma can have some of those games where it he can it. fill it out. Yeah, Kuzma has had some games with this. Uh, this I said his game hasn't really improved. To me, he's the exact same player he, only he was had last two, year. He's only been in the league two years, though. Okay. I think one of the things about Kuz is that. To me, he's the new J.R. Smith. No. No. I'm not, he is. I'm not in terms of his impact no. on a game, he's the new J.R. Smith. He's going to have games where he literally lights it up and everybody goes, oh my God, he's amazing. And then he's going to have 10 games where it's like, 
So then what about Brand- so what about Brandon then? I think Ingram has a chance to be a really special player still. I think he has all-star potential. Kuzma still. doesn't? No, I don't think so. I don't think Kuzma has all-star potential. Kuzma's still learning the game, I still feel like. Just like Brandon as well. But there's a reason they kept Kuzma through all this fire. Yeah, because he fits better next to LeBron. Ingram needs the ball in his hands. Kuzma's a catch-and-shoot, catch-and-slash guy. He fits better. That's why they kept Kuzma. I think I think they also kept Kuz because Kuz was a lot. I think he's, he's more, more mature, mature too. Yeah, I think that. I, I agree with that. He's more, so, but he's older. He's yeah, supposed to he's be. 24. So, yeah, he's supposed to be. So they, I think they kept him off the strength of that and the fact that yes, he was productive, but he was very very confident in his game, even though there's still I think a bunch of holes in it. But that's what um, I that's what I, I think, think. I think gonna, that's yeah. That's his strength. The strength is his confidence. It's not like JR type confidence. It's more so Kinda like is. I don't think he so. Jacks. Like Kyle Kuzma jacks. If you really watch him, you're he like, does. yo, he's shooting the but ball. But see, that's a lot. there's games though where more times than not, I feel like where he has those games where he hits. And because he's still we should the, say the same thing about JR. In Denver, Jr. was a great piece. In and Denver, I, he was. And, a and I'm not saying Kuzma can't be a really good piece on a good team. I I just think Ingram has more potential. I think Ingram could be your but, solid but, number but two. You want to talk about potential? Though. This is going to be Ingram's what third or fourth third. year in the league. Because mm, we can third? only we can only keep saying potential for so. But long. But Ingram literally, you can see the improvement in Ingram's game every year, right? But you like, haven't, I haven't seen that from Kuzma. He looks like only, the exact same player. We've only seen Kuzma for two years. This will be a very good gauge for where, you know, I, I think Kuzma's game is going to be. I think he's more often. I think, like, Ingram does have a lot of talent, but I think Kuzma is more skilled offensively in ways that he can put the ball in the basket. Ingram cannot, has still not developed a consistent jumper to the extent of Kuzma. Kuzma's percentages are one thing, but if you look at some from an eye test standpoint, he's going to have more games where he hits shots. And the, and the percentages that you're looking at on your computer are not going to tell you that. They're not. So what do they tell me? If the percentage, so if the percentages don't matter, <laughs> because what's Ingram's the point of keeping them? Because Ingram's not going to shoot the ball as much. So his percentages That's because Ingram can score from everywhere. He doesn't need to just let's shoot threes. Like, let's not act like Ingram's George Gervin or something like huh? that. I mean, he's a mid-range team. scorer. That's what he does. He's not a knockdown three-point shooter. Kyle Kuzma shoot threes. You want to know why? Because he's not great in the mid-range. That's why he shoots more threes. I'm about to pull it up right now. I'm looking at it right now. You want the computer here? (laughs) I want to see. Yeah, pass me that. Because there's still a reason why he got kept through all of this. Yeah, he's older and he fits better next to LeBron. I'm not knocking him for that. I think Kyle Kuzma's a good player. I think he's going to be a great number three for LA. Who's going to have a better year this year, Kuzma or Ingram? I think Ingram's going to have the better year. All right. Because Kyle Kuzma's going to be a number three. I'll throw that that into the uh, Kawhi's one in the chip. If you want to. uh, to. We'll see how that one plays out still. Like, their percentages are – Brandon Ingram shoots better from the field. Their Kyle Kuzma shoots, like, 3% better from three-point range. What are we talking about? Ingram averages more assists, more steals, more blocks. What are we talking about? So, Kuzma averaged 17. Mm-hmm. That's cool. Now, that's career. That's not just last year. That's career. That's career. You got to remember, Ingram's first career in the league, he was trash because he was a rookie. All right, well, what about when Kuzma came in? and Kuzma was a four-year college player. He came in a man. Ingram came in in 19, and everybody said he physically was not ready. Everybody said that. He physically was not ready for the league. As soon as he was, he was a 15-point scorer. Which is what Kuzma's been averaging. Because so he's when older. He got, when he, I'm not going to chalk that up to just because he's older, because in that case, that, seniors would get picked number one. 
it's but no. it plays a factor. Okay, so what about guys like Trey, who we all said arguably can be a top ten point guard straight out? I'm not gonna chalk it up to age is a reason for why somebody's gonna come in ready at others. Yes, guys still have but that it, window but where my they point can is develop, simply but it don't plays a factor. Don't knock Kuzma for doing I'm not four knocking years. him. I'm simply pointing out Ingram. Once he was able to actually physically play in the league, he has shown he is actually more skilled than Kyle Kuzma. He's a better playmaker. He's a better defender. He's a just good shoot, just as good of a shooter, and probably a better pure scorer. The only thing Kuzma probably does better is maybe rebound. I don't even know if that's for certain. I didn't get a chance to look at the rebound numbers. Like Ingram legitimately can well, play. He's played point guard for the Lakers at times. That's true, but Kuzma ain't doing that. Kuzma can play year two. He can no, play he year can't. Three. Yes, he can. Oh boy, please. There's a, <laughs> if Bron didn't feel that, he wouldn't be cool with trying to play point with a guy like that next to him. He's not trying to play point with Kuzma at the two. He's trying to play point with Danny Green at the two. They're gonna. Those type of guys are gonna be so interchangeable offensively. Yeah, because LeBron makes everybody stand in the corner. Anybody can play the two next Ingram to LeBron. Couldn't do that. Stand here Ingram, and wait for me to give you the Ingram, ball. Ingram, Ingram can't hit shots. So that's one reason, like I said, why he had to get moved. But they shoot almost the same percentage. So yeah, he no, can't hit shots. No, but I can't okay. look at how many shots. Okay. Bring up how many saw, shots they I, each I, take. I, I how, get many, it. how many threes? Kuzma shoots more threes so because he can't handle. No, that doesn't have to mean because he can't. If I shoot better, than, so so Steph shoots more threes because Steph can't handle. Is that what you're going to say? Steph shoots more threes because he's the greatest shooter in NBA history. Okay, Let's not even try to compare those But don't chalk up somebody shooting And the reason the he's the greatest shooter in NBA history is because he can handle the ball. That's the reason we consider him the greatest shooter in NBA history because he's the one guy who can do it off the dribble. But I, what I don't Thank want, you. What I'm not, but that still doesn't mean <laughs> no, you have no. to chalk it up to, oh, because he shoots it more, he can't handle it. No. I, maybe because I he said shoots Ingram it better. can handle better. That's all I said. I didn't say Kuzma can't handle it all. Ingram is a better ball hand. He's a better creator. He can literally score from any spot on the floor better than Kuzma. Kuzma might be the better catch and shoot shooter. And you want to know why? It's because he's always been a role player in his career. Ingram has always been a superstar in his career. So Ingram he's always has never the, been a superstar in the league. Huh? Not in the league. I said in his career meaning high school middle school college he was always the guy that we give the rock to and everybody clear out for kuzma was never that guy he's always been a catch and shoot catch and slash guy nobody trusts him to run the offense through we'll see this year yeah we're gonna see Kyle kuzma be the number three what is ingram in the in the pelicans rotation he'll be their number two so because jew is shooting the most gonna be the number one i think ingram's gonna be the number two zion's gonna get his because He's going to get up and down for it. All his stuff is going to be energy bucks. You don't run plays with Zion. Zion just makes plays. We'll see. Good to have you back, Lee. <laughs> for sure. We missed you, bro. One thing we we do have an outlier on is Kawhi. Um, I'm not talking for this. Kawhi is number one on League's list. I wouldn't even say that's the outlier. The, it's, it's inverted. It's not Kawhi being number one. It's Braun being number three. True. Yeah, like, if you had Kawhi yeah. and then LBJ, I'd be like, okay, like, I'm not really going to debate that too much. Kawhi is just coming off the chip. He's just moving. He has, the, he has the best team in L.A., if you ask me. And I'm a Laker fan. So, I'm not really too mad at Leak for putting Kawhi at one. It's just Bronfield to three. And like I said, that's a combo of what happened last year in their seasons. And I feel like Who's coming hurt 30 games season? last year. That's true, but I still feel like even in those 50 and then, some bro, odd games. numbers when he was? It was like 27, 8, and 8. Isaiah Thomas. No, 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 no. I, I don't even mean to cut you off, but I'm going to send you all a video in the chat. Isaiah Thomas made a great point. Uh, I was watching him being on Fox Sports talking with um, Nick Wright. 
Nick Wright threw out the same exact thing you said. Bron averaged 27 and 7. Yes, we get that. Bron is a great player. We all know this. But it's still a certain thing we know about. We've talked about guys with like Russ, like yeah. John. When you reach that certain platform in the league where you are that bona fide superstar, you can pretty much step on the floor and you can get whatever numbers it is that you want. That's, you can I'll you, give you, that. you can get your twenty seven. You can get your twenty. Russ, like the fact Russ that the, don't matter. the fact that Russ yeah. can be like because Nipsey died, I'm I gonna get, get 20, 20, 20, and twenty. Yeah. Because you can like manipulate a game to that standpoint. If you're of that high caliber player, you're gonna get that. But it's still, how much is that contributing to winning? Tamon, I think it was we were. I think one of these days we was at Manny's crib. This was twenty eighteen. Victor Oladipo was taking Brown to seven yeah, in that seven, first round. Yeah. Each of those games, especially even I remember in that game one, they went in there, beat the brakes off them. Bron still had like 28, 13, and 14. But if you watch that game, he did not play hard at all. I mean, yeah, we, see, we, saw, we seen it in the finals where he gets all the numbers on the back end and stuff like so, that. But me, I'm just asking as a devil's advocate. Like I said, I can agree with Kawhi was about to be my number one, but Bron wasn't going to fall to three. Did Bron, did Bron have a better season last year overall then Kawhi third, and the team was rebuilding and it was blase blase it wasn't it was so it is, wasn't a rebuilding year because they started it wasn't off a winning number year. four they, they knew they weren't gonna they win start, that they they were they were and you they, know those players weren't gonna be there you do you, are you telling me I LeBron do. cannot be better than the Clippers last year cannot lead the Lakers being better than the he Clippers I mean he was but he got hurt like that's the thing like, if no, he didn't get hurt let's not overlook the fact that when he was out he was definitely publicly talking about I'm gonna move this whole team he did not help them win still I, now I'm so I'm probably things like that I guarantee you did not help them win games either so I'm probably the biggest quote-unquote LeBron hater even though I'm, I don't consider myself a hater I'm just a realist but I'm not a big LeBron fan but on this aspect I have to defend him to an extent he got hurt. They were the four seed before he got hurt. Once they got hurt, the team went downhill, and it went downhill fast. Did he help in any way with his comments and the things no. he said? Absolutely not. And I got on this case. And even the games then. that he played, he's playing, and they're losing to Memphis. And when they're he got losing back, to Phoenix. Now I honestly believe when he got back, I still think he was hurt a little bit. And he came back. He tried to play through it, and he still put up numbers because he is LeBron James. He's gonna put up numbers. Did his numbers? But I agree, it did not help them win. Now, with that being said. The team wasn't that good. They were better than the Clippers. They they should have been with Le, that team with LeBron James should be better than the Clippers. But once again, if LeBron's not himself, if he's not if he's not one hundred percent, are they? That's the question. Is it one hundred percent or one hundred percent locked into winning? Mm-hmm. He was clearly locked into winning when they were the four seed. So then what? So like I said, so, why would he come back? So it's al- ha- it's almost like this. He got hurt. They were the four seed when he got hurt. When he comes back, they're out of the playoffs. LeBron being LeBron at this point, I think... There were still games. When he came back after the All-Star break, it was like that. Let me finish. Let me finish. My bad. So when he comes back, they're out of the playoff pitch. He left the other four seed. He comes back, they're out of the playoff picture entirely. He is 35. He looks around that locker room. He goes, yo, even if, even if I came back 100%, balled out, at best, we're going to be the sixth seed. At best. What is there really left to play for if you're LeBron James at that point? Yeah, I've I've agreed with Taman. I was like, this was the year that he could have taken off, or he he had to because yeah, they were gonna lose to Golden State at some point in time. But I think because of that, and like I said, I made my list based off of what did you do last year. Not so much a knock to LeBron because that is a very smart technique. 
But we do have to award Giannis for one coming off the year that he just had. We have to award Kawhi coming off the year that he just had. It's not so much bad that LeBron is number three. It's more of credit to how great of a past year Kawhi and Giannis. But both we're had. not doing this list based off past years. It's a projection for going into the NBA. I'm also projecting year. it. Yeah, going and into this that year, Giannis is gonna have a better season than LeBron. I think st- st- stats wise, yeah, he might. But I think impact on the game. I think LeBron is going to be on a mission this year. And I don't even like, once again, I don't even like LeBron like that. But I think LeBron's going to be on a war path this year. So he's you, heard all the talk. He's ready to come in. I think he's going to have a great year. So he's you, in my MVP race. You can say, you just said, and we'll all, I will always want that clip to be used going mm-hmm. down through the season. You just said that guys can have a bigger impact on winning more than what their numbers say. Correct? Absolutely. I agree with that. All right. So then I always say you just got to remember that when you say try to back don't every, tell the whole all your other arguments but with numbers. No, my problem with you is you try to take stats completely out of it. It's a balance. It's it, a balance. I've always it's said that. You have to take context into consideration. You always want to act like stats don't matter at all, though, when you try to act like shooting stats don't matter when they're almost identical. Like, it matters to some extent. It has to. Otherwise, what's the point of taking stats? I look at this situation and uh, I got just off of I think off of last season, um, kind of the the way LeBron just wasn't there um, towards the end of the year and kind of cashed it in, and he realized that this very thing there are guys out here and it's not just league, but there's a bunch of guys on television saying the same thing like Kawhi's better than him, Giannis is better than him, and his time is pretty much up at being. If Kevin Durant was here, he's better than him. I think he's just kind of sick of the conversation and, you know, he's ready to go all in on this year, especially with the fact that you got some new life with Anthony Davis being there, a bunch of veterans, guys that he can resonate with um, and have that win now mentality. It just plays in his favor. Um, So I think this is going to be one of those years we look in like, yo, 35 and he's still going and he's going to kind of like solidify his own his own right for being a GOAT. Like I said, I think this is like his last, not say his last hurrah, but it's definitely his last, like, this is my time season. Right. Like, this is my league, and y'all are going to have to pry it from my cold, dead hands. I think this is that season for him. That was very dramatic. Just, I mean, but <laughs> I mean, every but every superstar has had that moment. Magic Johnson was that with Michael Jordan, and Michael Jordan snatched it from him. Michael Jordan had that moment, and granted, he went out on top. So we're about to find out what is LeBron at this point. Like, is he going to go out on top? Is he going to maintain his status until he decides to give it away? Or is Kawhi or Giannis or Steph or whoever going to snatch it from him? We're about to find out. Everybody smells blood in the water. Are you going to fight the sharks off? Side note. Mm-hmm. Back to a little argument me and uh, Brian was just having. You talked about how Brandon was shooting the ball better than Kuzma. Kuzma was taking six threes a game. Yes, he was. Brandon Ingram was taking about two. 1.8. So two. don't, so that's what I'm saying. Stuff like that, don't talk about. So, he barely shot a bet. He only shot 3%. If we're going to go cent, like percentages all the way and dive into it, let's dive into it all the way. He, Kuzma, yeah, he only shot 30% from Trey. B.I. shoots 33, but you're shooting 1.8 per game. Because he doesn't need to shoot more. Or can he just not? Or is he just not good at it? Don't don't say Brandon doesn't he, have to but do it. So at, what's the points average? And then if How you many points talk, are he average? How many points are he average? How many points did he average? Who? Brandon? Next to Kuzma. Brandon Kuzma averaged 18. How much did Kuzma average? Kuzma averaged 18. Okay. They're averaging the same amount of points, but Ingram doesn't need to shoot threes to do it. But then even as far as, like I said, even you talked about the playmaking ability. 
B.I. only averages three dimes. He was playing with Rondo and LeBron. We just said Bron was out a good amount of the season. You're still playing with Rondo. Brandon's not better. Just had to bring that up. Oh, my god! Just had to bring that back. <laughs> We're definitely going to keep an eye on uh, B.I. All I'm saying is Luke Walton didn't trust Kyle Kuzma to run the point. And, and Kyle Kuzma going Kyle into next year. Kyle said he was the point. And mm. Brandon Ingram didn't say he was a point. Luke Walton said he was the point. Sorry. Straight. You straight? I'm just trying to figure out. Like, y'all, you be good over here? Uh, gotta, you go to gotta, your we corner. Gotta, we got to follow Kuzma and Ingram all year. We, we do. We do. I think it's going to be different, and we're going to still have the same issue. I, I want y'all to know that. Like Y'all going to have the same issue because they're going to put up pretty much the same numbers. Relatively. Relatively the same numbers, but they're going to be doing it in two different contexts. One guy's going to be winning games and playing the beat. One guy's games. actually going to be making plays. The other one's going to be catching and shooting. And then the other that's guy. Congrats. That's making a play. I mean, you're standing in the corner waiting. Yeah, that's a skill. Don't get me wrong. It takes talent. Don't get me wrong. Danny Green's made 80 mil. I ain't say Danny Green. I love Danny Green. Danny Green's always been one of my favorite players in the league, so let's not even try to play that argument. Because one of them, one of but them. But one of them can actually, like, create offense. Other one he's needs averages, offense created he averages, for him. He averages three dimes. And Kuzma's skilled. Like, there's two, there's he so is. many, there's so many ways to get to your spots. Mind you, like, Ingram, yeah, he like can Ingram put, shot 50% from the field. Kuzma shot 45. Like, that's the difference. Ingram in shot that's, Ingram shot it less. He shot the ball like he only should have shot like nine But the same amount. What does that say? If you average the same amount of points, but I shot the ball less, that means I'm more efficient than you. Yeah, I mean, it can say that you can be more efficient, but there's been games where Bron's, like you said, we talked about, there's games where Bron has shot 50% from the field. That doesn't mean he's passing up on certain shots that he should be taking in the moment. I guess. There's a reason. If he was that good, he would have, if he was that much better than Kuzma, he would have got kept through all of it. No, because he doesn't fit next to LeBron. He needs the ball in his hands. And there's nothing wrong with that. It's just styles of play. They have different styles of play. Kuzma is a good player. Don't get me wrong. Good. What does Brandon have to do this year to just hands down, like, ha, he, he was better in the trade? <laughs> What's the determining factor for that this year? I think I think he could be a 20-point scorer this year. Ingram? Could be a 20. Think I think could be. Now, New Orleans' problem is they're really deep at a lot of positions. Yeah. So, like I said, it might be hard for him to get 20 just because they're going to run 9, 10 guys. But, like I said, I think Ingram could – I could see Ingram averaging 15, 5, and 5 this year. And that would be a really good year for him. Kuzma might average only 16, 17 again because you're playing with AD and LeBron. But we also got to look at the impact on winning. I think Kuzma's going to have an impact on now, that. Now, I don't know how true that is. Exactly. Because and here's why. When you're playing with LeBron and, and AD, that whole thing about, I hate this stat, but it kind of plays, it matters in this regard, win shares. It's like the fact that they're just on the floor means that, you know, they are the determining factor to wins in the, in the season. Fast. So it, that kind of plays against his favor in terms of that. If Ingram comes out and he looks really good and they don't even have to make the playoffs, but you can definitely see that going forward that he's going to be a cornerstone to that team, we're going to be looking at that and saying, you know what, they won this trade. Like if Ingram comes out this year and we see him be a solid number two, he's handling the ball, he's operating out of pick and roll, we see him ISOing, we see him doing things he didn't get a chance to do in L.A. a lot. Because I saw it in L.A. When they gave Ingram control of the offense, it was like, yo, this dude can do anything he wants on the court. Very, very good at getting to the rim. Very, very good at finishing with contact, especially in that second year. Like, he like I don't think there's nothing Ingram can't do on the court. Now, how well can he do it? I don't think he's a franchise player. I think he could be a great number two for you, though. 
Kuzma, I haven't seen that from him. I haven't seen Kyle Kuzma operate in the pick and roll. I haven't seen Kyle Kuzma ISO somebody on the wing, two dribble back down, pull up jump shot. Like he's skilled. No, watch Kuzma's film. He's more than do just it a in catch the and league. shoot. I can see he everybody does it, do he it on does film. It, he does it in the. I'm saying his film of his film in game. It's mostly catch and shoot, catch and shoot. Most of it. Everybody. It's the league. Everybody's gonna have moments where you make a play. Everybody in the league can do it. Who can do it? He's the, extremely well. Only, is the question. He's only no. been. Go ahead. Here, here's the thing. Here, and I'm playing both sides just to. Yes, I you don't are. Know why I'm doing this? But here's the here's the thing about Kyle that I think you don't pay enough attention to is the fact that in a lot of those moments where Bi wasn't there or mm-hmm. he, he disappeared up. or Lonzo wasn't there, we expected him to show up. He disappeared. Kyle was the guy. So you know what? All right, it's in my hands. I'm gonna go. I'm he shot go him. He shot him into a lot of games, and he shot him out of a lot of games. He's young, and that's part of. I, and just, once again, I don't fault him for it. Like y'all acting like I'm trying to bash him. I think he's a really good pro. I think he's gonna be a good pro for a long time. I just think Ingram is a better player. I think he's more skilled. Who gets to an All Star first? Definitely Ingram. Unless unless Kuzma Kuz- takes a massive jump forward. If Kuzma gets to an All Star first. I'm gonna come in last. Like I, <laughs> I mean, so here's the thing. He might make an All Star first simply because he's playing with LeBron and AD, and they weren't if they're winning sixty plus games. Like they're gonna take a don't third guy think, from. Don't them. you think if they're winning sixty games, don't you think Kuzma probably had a hand in that? I mean, he's on the team. Everybody has a hand in it. But you're playing with two of the top five players in the league. He's not Chris Bosh. Like, let's not get that to it. It's not like Dwayne Wade, LeBron, and Chris Bosh. Yeah, nah, Kuzma he's, isn't. He's the Mike Miller of this situation, essentially. Kuzma's going to be better. He's better than Mike Miller, but the role is the no, same. No, no, no. It's going to be Wade. Kuzma's going to be the third guy. Okay. My point is Mike the Miller role. was not the third guy. I'm, Mike Miller I didn't was not the say Mike guy. Miller was no, 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 the third no, 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 no. guy. I said Mike Chris Bosh is the third Mike guy. Miller. I know. I said he's going to have the type of impact Mike Miller had because of his style and situation. Mike Miller hit a few. Clutch shots, shots in few, big moments. But no, Mike, Mike Miller. I don't see say Kyle Kuzma doing don't that. Don't say he's Mike Miller. You can't say he's Mike Miller. I didn't. I said he's going to have that type of impact. He's better than Mike Miller, obviously, especially at this he's point in his career. He's going to be the third guy. Okay. I didn't say he was Therefore, he cannot be Mike Miller because Mike Miller was not the third guy. Just in terms of style of play and what they need him to do, that's the type of role he's going to play. He's just going to do it on a more magnified level. He's going to be catch and shoot. We need you to make shots. We need you to spread the floor. Be ready to shoot when we get it to you. Come up in the clutch, please. And I think he can do that. Puts, I think he can he do puts it. Puts on the floor. We're going to look up some film after this. He I'm about to look up his numbers right now. Look at his film, <laughs> not the numbers. <laughs> a lot of people question how good Paul George's impact is going to be on the Clippers um, going into the playoffs. Um, and I can understand why. Why? You just played, bro. You just played with a self-destructive point guard, like for the last couple of years. It wasn't solely his fault that OKC didn't work out. And we saw Paul George battle Bron and take him to seven when he was a young boy with the Pacers and had a great team around him. Now he's in a situation where he also has another great team around him, built in a way where I think Paul I'll George wait can and see on that show. one. Here's the one thing, and I and to Y'all some, are so quick to crown the Clippers is great. We haven't some, seen them play. To some level, I mean, he had R.J. Barrett in his top ten of small fours, and you were cool. I you haven't seen him. You, you said I you said were I was cool. cool with it. I just said, but hey, we haven't whatever. seen him play. I'm just saying, it's whatever. We haven't seen it. I agree to the extent that yes, he that situ the OKC situation obviously was not the the perfect situation or even close. The Indiana thing, I think they went seven off the strength of not really having expectations for that team. 
but whoa, they they he, battled them in the Eastern Conference. Yeah, I was about to say years. it was two years in a row. It was two years, but I don't think anybody looked at them and said like they really was gonna beat LeBron James. Did anyone ever really think like that team? But LeBron's LeBron in the East. Did we ever at any point in time name a team that we thought hmm they're gonna get LeBron in the East this year? Exactly, which proves my but point. But my to point the is he he got there to the Eastern Conference Finals. He played Braun. Everybody lost to Braun when he was in the East. So I'm so here's what I'm saying. Are you saying he's gonna lose to Braun in the West? I'm not saying that. I'm yeah, not saying that yeah. at all. I'm not saying that yeah. at all. I mean, because I, I just I already made a bet with Leak that the Clips were gonna lose to Golden State. So I, that that can't happen anyway. Um, but I think Paul George and expectations is where it kind of plays. A different factor because in Indiana, like we said, yes, he went to seven, what, twice? Twice. Twice. No, nah, it was no, nah, one was six. One was six and the other one was seven. My bad. So he went six and seven with LeBron. No one looked at that team and said, they're going to beat LeBron. We all, everybody was still picking LeBron to win. The issue is when he got to OKC and he gets in a different situation where we are expecting them to be a top two, top three team in the West and at least get to the conference finals. Or at least try and make a push. They fall in the first round. So, yes, Russ plays a factor. But Paul George shot, what, 38%? I mean, it's, it's, so, it's I on mean, him, too. But what I'm trying to say so is, I, I think... mean, it's expectations and the pressure of those moments. Do, do you think that plays a factor looking at him in the playoffs? Because we know he's a top four talent. He's easily a top 20 player in the NBA. We all get the talent. That's not the issue. But I'm talking about going into the 2019-2020 season, can he overcome those expectations? Because y'all sitting here telling me they are going to the finals. I think they're going to the the Western Conference finals. Damn skippy they're going to the finals. I think that Clippers team is going to be really good. Uh, I think Paul George is going to be able to show up and produce. Uh, How much so... He has had some bad playoff runs. Like I said, I attribute... That's, that's all I've been, I, That's my whole And question. I agree with that, but I, I attributed a lot of that to Russ. So now that he's not playing alongside of him, I'm expecting him to hoop better, and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping that he does. But if he doesn't, we just got to label him something else, like maybe a choker or a loser. I think... <laughs> I think for one, I just thought about it in my head. I, I think about all the years that Brian was in the conference finals. I think... Just because early on and later, I think Boston gave him the most smoke as far as like being in the conference finals. <laughs> I think Boston, like you got to think about those first two years when Braun went to Miami, Boston gave him a run for his money in the conference finals. Then when Tatum and then were young boys, they did. But I think aside from that, PG, those two years he was in Indiana, gave him more of a run than Toronto ever did. It was a well-constructed team around PG. It, was, it wasn't just – PG yeah. wasn't back. But he was the best player on that team. He was the best player on that team. So it's saying no for doubt. Yeah, I'm saying I've seen it from PG before where he showed up in big games in the playoffs. I'm – this is – you know how Brian the other week you had said everybody gets one when it comes to the um, – He said that. Oh, Greg, Greg said, that. said that. Well, excuse me. Greg said everybody gets one when it comes to the to – the, 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 the finals. The finals. I don't – Paul George is on three. What? Paul George is on like three now. As far but as what? It's been okay. It's been two. It's just been OKC though. Uh, I can say even in Indiana, he didn't show up at times. When they, it huh? wasn't those and not two. not against LeBron, but remember the first the uh, next year he got to the playoffs and they I lost in the first like, round. He didn't play well that series. That was one. That was one. Yeah, where you could knock him for. But he came back. I think that last year he was in Indiana when it was like 2017. They had played Cleveland in the first round of the playoffs. One of those years he made right. He went for like. 
He was giving Bron like 28 a game. 28 points, but he shot 38% from the field. Sometimes I feel like some of those times, like that was, I think that was the worst indie. That was, and it was was a horrible team. It It was was a bad team. So like he He was supposed to lose. I give you that. He was supposed to lose. So don't can't shoot 38% though. Like if you're going to be that guy and granted, I know shooting numbers, stats, blah, blah, blah. You got to shoot better than 38%. That's showing you're just throwing them up. I think some of the, like I said, some of it you got to look into account. Like I said, who was around you? Because we all know here's Hoopers. If you got less talent around you, guys can key into you more. So you're going to probably shoot a lower percentage. I, that moment as you're a Hooper, okay, am I going to just not jack as much and be concerned I, about my percentages? Okay, I give or you we low, might win I give shooting you, bad percentages. I give you lower percentage. His career is 44. You dropped a third. Like, if he had dropped a 41, 42. 44 okay. isn't. It's, it's, a, not it's, not it's not great. I give you that. It's not great. But it's still, you went from 44 to 38. Like, that's it's a the playoffs. big drop. It's the Nobody playoffs. drops that much. A lot of people's numbers dropping. Not Percentages? So, not superstars. Percentages. That's the he point. He was still averaging 28, though. It's tough. Superstars don't drop that much. That's the point. He was just, you got to also, like I said, 38%, yes, that is something you can knock him for. But in certain scenarios as a hooper, you got to be like, okay, I'm not going to, this isn't going to be pretty. Okay, Kobe, I, I, that, I, that fifth Co- ring he got, he shot six for 24. Exactly. In it the was fi- terrible. In the final he was still game, the finals the MVP. Series. He didn't, that was statistically, that was one was of his. It was a horrible game. I don't, I don't think that's fair. And, and I'm really doing dubs out the entire time. I don't think that's fair. Should job be the moderator. <laughs> in terms of Paul George, because in that series, like we've already mentioned. He's going to lose. Bro, those are some, hey, it's either, I'm going to shoot the ball, I'm going to go out, you know, if I'm dying, I'm going to go out. You know, shoot. Like I think that's kind of. But you know what? Also, you also know. You also know what I remember from them series when I think it was the. I don't know if it was game two or three, mm-hmm. but they it came down to like the last two minutes, last bucket, and he passed the ball. Like if you're gonna be, if we're talking about. Oh, he's gonna jack up shots. He's gonna shoot it, and he had nobody else. Then why are you passing the ball in that scenario? You've been back. You, like either you're the guy who's gonna go down swinging, or you're not. Now here's the and I don't and okay he passed the ball did it, was he open like, was that the, was that he, the year the play was, was drawn year? up for him was that the he year? went and got it passed that? it that was CJ Ooh. was that CJ when what? CJ Miles it might have been yeah I think it was that year I think I know I think I know the year you're talking about yeah, yeah. I feel like CJ may or may have not have been open on that I think sometimes part of it scales back to of course you know the killer that Jordan was the killer that Kobe was at times but at times I, they I, gave up the ball too yeah. It's that, it, once again, I'm not Steve faulting Curry him. Steve hit the shot. I'm not faulting Metal him. Metal World Peace hit the shot. Once again, not faulting him for giving up shot. But going back to what you're saying, you're talking about, well, he's throwing him up and he's trying. If you're the guy, if that's who your mindset, but maybe you take in that, that scenario, shot then. It, it just depends. It's, it's, like I said, stats don't describe every possession. They, they will describe, you know, like I said, at the end of the day, the output. But I guarantee you, we look at some of these guys that have won finals, have won big games. The game where Kawhi hit that amazing shot against Philly last year, he had 40-something. He didn't shoot it great. He didn't. But it was a game seven, and, and God forbid if we legs, go. Legs are tired. Everybody's tired. Okay, then, Legs yeah. are going to go. I get that. I'm not. So you shoot bad percentages, all right, but we get to live the fight another day. Nobody said, oh, you ain't shoot 50, so this game still don't count for you. Paul George's last four playoff appearances have all ended in the first round. Still a team game. Let's, it is, these but last if two, you're the guy. These last two, I'm not going to. You're a superstar. Gonna, these last two, I'm, and that's. But see, here's the thing. I think yes, maybe Paul, you can't. Maybe you can't win a championship with him as your number one. Uh-huh. But we still, we still have to acknowledge what type of talent he is, and I think putting him next to Kawhi, where he could maybe fill it up one through three. 
I think him and Kawhi, of course, they're going to be torching the entire game. And as you get towards those last five to seven minutes, maybe PG takes a step back. And he let Kawhi boogie. And then at the end of the day, if Kawhi is going to work and PG's on the wing or on the corner, that's somebody you don't want to help off of. That's fair. And that's a stat that will not always show up in the box sheet is just by him being on the wing takes away one more guy that can help. So now Kawhi might be able to do a little bit more. That's an assist in itself. How many times have we seen Golden State, Steph comes off some type of pin down and two guys go to him? And then Draymond or Kevon Looney or somebody dives to the basket. That's more so an assist for Steph than whoever passes the ball to him. That's very true. The only, and the only reservation I have to that thing is that there has to be a game, two games, whatever the case may be, where we have to acknowledge that that's, what, he, yeah, that's yeah. what Paul George is going to be. And I, I know so, he is. Let's be, not act like he, he no, didn't I, go for 28, 8, and 4 last year. Bro, he's But he's you were the guy tough. that was literally just talking about empty numbers. Like, I feel like a lot of those were empty numbers. Like, no, OKC was winning last year. If we're hmm. going to acknowledge his success. I'm t- we're talking about playoffs. That was... That was I chalked that up to Russ. Mind you, yes, PG. It's Russ you, can't get all can't the get, blame. Like I, I am not I, about to sit here. I am not a defender of Russ by any stretch of imagination. All but Paul George got to take some of the blame. Billy too. Donovan gets a lot of that blame as well. Okay, Paul George still has to take some of he the gets like some. yes, he either gets it's some. empty numbers or you're like, but not he it? don't get all of it. He don't I'm get not all giving them all. I'm just saying, either they're empty numbers or he's not getting the job done. Like, because you're not winning. I'll say it's a four years, four years in a row, first round exit. It's a collection of things. I, I agree it's a collection of things. And and but there's one commonality. You, it's a, if It's, it's going to be a commonality if we're looking at Paul George's old team and Paul George's <laughs> new team. It's going to be it's commonality. a commonality. Paul George has to show that that's going to be the case going to the playoffs. Because we know he's, gonna, we know he's a top three type MVP. He's talent. two-way team, Mac. He, he is He's a great, great player. He's two-way team, man. But in the playoffs, we definitely have to see him make that shift and then provide that, like you said, that assist for Kawhi because, I mean, that's the difference. He's the difference. It is. He is the, he is the difference. Kawhi is going to do what he does, but if he can't provide that assistance, if he's coming up and he's going one for eight from three, Two for nine, two for six. And we're looking at him, we're like, whoa, where have you been? Like, yeah. He's getting 20, but it's like, bro, where just 20 really didn't matter. And I, like I said, I think like that's kind of that would be kind of the issue looking at Paul. Him seeing everybody's second best defender from now on, I think, is gonna be something that really, really is gonna, I think, positively affect his numbers. Guys aren't of course you're still game planning for him, but every night you gotta put your best defender on Kawhi. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be, we'd rather PG shoot than Kawhi. And there's going to be days where Lou gets the torch in. And then you're going to have to kind of scrap your game plan and be like, Lou's getting off. We got to, we got to slow him down. It just, it's going to be a big pick your poison. And like I said, I think because there's going to be a lot less of question marks on that roster. I'm sorry. Nah, it's not. It's not. <laughs> Outside of, of Kawhi, everybody on that roster is a question mark. Yikes. No. Outside of Kawhi. I think you want to question them. No, they're questioning. <laughs> you want to question Who else on this team? They just took the Warriors to six. Okay, you're giving me one series where, I'm sorry, you have to admit the Warriors slept on them. You have to. They were up 30. There's no sleeping. Okay. They came back. The and- Warriors can do that in their sleep. They've shown that their they, entire they blow careers. 30, they blow 30-point huh? leads in their Bruh, sleep. They've been blowing 20-point leads the whole no, season. No, but they're not. No, but they weren't, they weren't giving those games back. No. 
Once again, nah. I get the Clippers pops. The reason they beat the Warriors is because they played harder than the Warriors. It wasn't because they were more talented. It wasn't their game yeah. plan. They Basically, played you win, harder. You're going to win a game if you play okay. harder than somebody. Okay. You're going to. So, once again, my point is simply this. The Clippers' main weapon is playing hard. That was their weapon last year. Last year. Now. But they and, and the reason they were losing those games, I'm sure they were playing hard, but, yes, they didn't have somebody that could finish those games. Okay. They did not. They yeah. have – Two of those guys now. Okay, but you also got rid of the guys who were kind of ones playing hard. It was Shea and Danilo that they got rid of. And Tobias, who helps establish Tobias that culture. Tobias wasn't there. Well. Tobias he wasn't was in the playoffs, there. but Tobias he was, was there at the there. beginning of the season. He established Tobias the culture. Not, who won those two games in Oracle? Oh, my gosh. I just said Tobias was not there. He established the culture at the beginning of the season is my point. Those guys established your culture. You now bring in Kawhi, who's been load managing Kawhi for the last couple of seasons. Granted, he, plays he said hard. he's not. He, he said plays he's not. Hard. He plays hard, but he's still load management Kawhi. Granted, he said he's going to play more this season. Props to him. But I'm sorry. If your culture is our star player can sit out whenever he chooses, might rub me the wrong way. Me personally. Paul George is coming off two shoulder surgeries. He's missing the first he two plays months hard of the season. Too. He plays. You're missing my point. He's missing the first two months of the season. Fat. Sorry. So, you got one guy who's missing 20 games. You got another guy who wants to sit out whenever he wants to. Your culture is changing. Lou Williams has never, never been a guy you count on in the playoffs. Never. Until last year. And you want to know why he was that guy? Because they had nobody else who could create a shot. So, Doc Rivers had no other options. I don't trust Lou Williams in the playoffs. Respect, respect the six, three times six man in the year. Okay. He ain't never do it in the playoffs until last year. Where there were no other ball handlers on the court. There hasn't been too many times Lou's been in, a, Beverly, in, a, in a playoff always series. There's not too many times Lou's been in a playoff series where he's been on the team projected to win. Go pull me up, pull me up a playoff series where he's been on the team where they what were about, supposed to win. I'm not talking win. about projected win. I'm just talking about you have to perform. Just do your job. His numbers drop every year he goes to the playoffs. Look at a lot of guys' numbers. A lot of guys' numbers fall when they get to the playoffs. And you want to know who those guys are? Guys who can't hack it in the playoffs. So even a guy like James Harden, because I know he was James Harden can't. We've been saying James Harden the choke artist for the last three years. As long as you're That's being fair. As long them. as you're being fair. But guys, more times than not, guys' numbers are going to drop in the playoffs. Not significantly, though. His, his, I don't think his fall off significantly, though. He went from averaging 16 points to 10. That's significant. That's one bad playoff. That's every year the playoffs for him. Until last year. So why can't they keep this momentum that they're carrying from last year? Why, not, why, is, this, why is this this just year this momentum is, is, is I'm stopped. not saying it can't. I'm saying I haven't seen it yet. I still don't trust their roster. I'm sorry. They have nobody who can create shots for anybody else. They have scores. They don't have nobody that can create a shot for somebody else. They aren't big. They only got one guy on their roster over 6'10". That's it's a Zubach. small ball league. Oh, the, we just witnessed the Warriors okay. going who, death. So who's guarding Anthony Davis? There's nobody in the league Thank guarding you. Anthony Davis. No, there are guys who can. There's only there's, there's least, three guys maybe in the no, league that can guard Anthony Davis. Okay. Three. Those three guys. They have nobody who can even try. That's my point. You, there are guys who can at least try. You can let leave them on the island. You'll say, hey, we'll live with the results. Who are you going to do that with Anthony Davis on the squad? Jermichael Green? No. Montrez Harrell? But you have to say on the same token. You have to say who's going to guard Kawhi and who's going to guard LeBron's Paul. If LeBron's locked in, he can guard either one of them. But if when is when, when if in the when playoffs. was the last time we saw LeBron, LeBron's James locked, locked in, in in the playoffs? LeBron James is always locked every, in every in the playoffs. playoffs he's every locked every in. Every playoffs, he's locked in. Danny Green on the will attempt to guard end? one of them, and he's a solid defender. He Danny will Green, attempt to guard one of them. Danny Green. I'm not saying not he'll stop slow. him. He'll try though. 
he can at least hold his own on Let's, an island. The thing that we've also noticed about you the love playoffs, Kyle Kuzma so much. Why can't he guard one of them? Kyle, I never said anything about Kyle and on the defensive end. Of the okay. Never did. Never did. Never did. Never, never did. Okay. Never did. Nobody talks about Brandon though. Brandon Ingram's a better defender than Kyle. It's Kuzma, not. Though. That's not. That's not a big thing saying that I'm a better defender than Kyle Kuzma. There's a lot of guys. Still a fact. It's part but of the as game. far as one thing we have to say, I feel like with justifying whose team is going to be better than who, we can't always just drop it off to. Who's going to guard so-and-so? Because those one, two elite guys per team, there's nobody across teams guarding them. My point is simply, they have weaknesses in their roster that are very easily exploitable. That's my point. They can be exploited very easily. They're going to get, I don't care if nobody, they're getting killed on the board. Yeah, the main thing I'll say. They're getting killed today, on the boards. They have no legit is creators. On, on the on the. Points as far as rebounding, yes, that is the question that I have. I wouldn't say creators. I, they have said that can create facilitators. Who, okay, we'll facilitators. Change they have no legit facilitators. And, I'll give you that. Was, and I think because the league got so heavy with guys with the point guard coming off bar screens, being the one to hit the big man or the shooters, that we've begun to be, we begin to think that only the point guard can do that. It has to be mm-hmm. one guy getting all these dudes involved. But at the end of the day, if you're still playing good team basketball, you'll get your open shots regardless. It, you don't have to be a so, point guard to swing it to the open man. I, I agree and with let's that not, statement. Let's not get caught up in that. I agree with that statement. My point is simply this. Kawhi, for every, as great as he is, has always been – with really good veteran teams who have multiple guys who can facilitate the offense. That's not this who team. Who are the multiple facilitators? Mark Gasol, Kyle Lowry, Fred Van Vliet. Like, those are guys who can facilitate an offense. They can set you up, get you going. Even Siakam, at times, they ran the offense through. The only two guys... They're, who- they're more so skilled guys. I feel like they're skilled. Play- they're all skilled playmakers. Kyle Lowry is not your pure pass force. I'm not saying he's a getting pure, them up. But he's, he's a guy who up. can create off the dribble, beat his man, and hit somebody. There's only two guys on this roster who can do that. Kawhi and Paul George. One of them is already hurt. And Lou. One Lou. needs low management. Lou only creates for himself. That's all he's ever done. And he's great at it. I give him his props. He's amazing to watch when he's on fire. But that's he's never been a creator for anybody else. Never. Patrick Beverly definitely ain't doing that. And then after that, but he's not gonna, Pat's not going to lose you a game. He's I, not going to lose you a game. He's not going to lose you a game, but he's not going to win you a game either. Yes, he will win you a game. What, his, what he does on defense, man, what he does defensively, and he hits shots, those can't win you games. Uh, hey. it does, That can't win you games. We'll see. You can't say Pat can't help you win games. He can help you. He's not going to be the reason you win no. games. No. He's not going to be the, but when you add him next to well, the other guys that they have, like I said, Kawhi, yes, for more times than not, he's not out there looking to, quote-unquote, get guys involved. But when you can score at that high of a clip, you're not the same player if you're not aggressive. If you're not thinking I, I, once again, first. I'm not faulting for Kawhi for being who he is. He's a scorer. I give him that. He's a really great scorer. So is Paul George to an extent. My point is simply, Kawhi has thrived from being in situations where he has really good coaching, really good systems. Once again, once players. again, he's in a he has good coaching around him. Okay. He's in a good system. We don't know what the system is yet. That's my point. What system is Doc Rivers running with this team? I don't – as a coach, I look at that roster and I'm like, yo, your best options are to ISO Kawhi and Paul George as much as possible. You're telling me if you're a coach, you're not happy with that roster? I mean, I would – don't get me wrong. I would take that roster in a heartbeat. You got two of the top ten players in the NBA. That, I'm not knocking their talent. Their talent isn't the problem. The roster construction is my problem. They need, they need guys who can create off the dribble besides Kawhi. They need – They have enough, two. They have huh? two. You can't say Kawhi. Kawhi and Paul George. Okay. And Lou. 
once again, doesn't create for others. So, you, so the you three guys. You, so here's my point: the three guys you named, all of them need the ball in their hands to be at their best. The problem with that is, if those three guys need the ball in their hands, what is everybody else on the court doing? I think there's a semantics issue. So, league is league is talking about creating and being able to handle it and and essentially make plays just through and through. Brian is speaking of someone who is initiating the offense, kind of setting up the motion, whatever the case may be, for that team. Setting up a set, whatever the case. So it's almost like, like I said, facilitating versus creating uh, or creating for yourself versus facilitating for other people on the floor. In this regard, I agree more so on Brian's end towards that. No, there's not many guys that's facilitating for everyone else. However, this team just being able to be offensively inclined, I think gives them a lot of more room than you kind of give them credit for. Because granted, maybe they don't have a point guard that's going to go out there and say, hey, I'm pulling it out, run this play, and I'm going to dish it off to this person. But they could easily run like a clear offense where everybody's a threat in their positions, and you can't help them all. You can't help all of them, and you still have to like live with the like you yeah, said. Yeah, that's picking, a good point. That's a good point. Picking the poison. Yeah. So I, I I can see that being the case. I the issue I have with the team, and the reason why I think they could still lose is the fact that when they get into certain situations, and let's say for granted it's the playoffs, it's thirteen seconds left on the shot clock. We got to make a decision. Got to be quick. Whatever case may be. You know who's taking that last shot. Here's the problem. If, say for instance, no one else got going in that game because the offense has been so one-sided. That's my, that's my issue right there in a nutshell. That's the issue. That's the only like, that's the only thing I see wrong with that team. In order for Lou Williams to get going, he got it's gotta take shots away from Kawhi and Paul George. In order for Kawhi to get going, it's taking shots away from Lou Williams and Paul George. You, there's never gonna be it's not like Clay, Steph, and KD where they're all catch and shoot guys, they move without the ball. That's not any of these guys' game. They're ISO players to a fault. Mm-hmm. And that's hard to work together. You can definitely have they could definitely be threats in their positions. The issue is when you they have the ball and no one else got going. And, okay, we let PG go off. We're going to go help off of Lou. And because Lou only took, like, three shots a day, we don't know what we're getting over there. Or maybe he took four or five shots, but he's, he's been cold. So now it's like, all right, what, what do we do? Like, who's to say Lou's even on the floor in those type of situations? And he may – and honestly, he's the one where I think it's, it's all going to be situational. If they need a stop, he's not on the floor. Of course. If they need a bucket, he's on the floor more so – because he's not going to take that last shot, but that's one guy you at least are going to think twice off of. Like, like, think twice of helping off of. I probably would play more Landry Shamet in that scenario. And that's and that he's very very good. I like he, him. He's very yeah very quality guy. I think, like I said, they couldn't keep Shea, like, but I think he's going to step into that type of role because he plays hard on I, both. I, like ends. in all seriousness, I would trade Lou Williams. In all seriousness, that's not. I wouldn't. But that's not a far fetch because you can get some pieces back that will probably, and that might be what happens because, like, we all know they are a little light. <laughs> Chris, nah, nah, it's it's not probably happening. not going to happen. But if they were to do it to get some interior they, help, most definitely. I, would, I mean, yeah. granted, we can look at the situation and be like, 
that's a great decision. That's a great move that helps them better in the long run, especially going forward I when, agree. you know, because Lou is not a spring chicken. Like, he's been doing this for a minute, yeah. and you can't take anything Lou away from him. could drop off a cliff this year. It wouldn't surprise me. So he's been doing this forever. He's been a bucket forever. Let's go Let's go trade him and see, see what we can get. But the odds of that happening, the way they – I don't know, the way they constructed this team, the way Steve Ballmer and, and everyone kind of made it kind of clear, like, no, we want these guys here, like Pat Bev, Montrez, and Lou, it doesn't look like that's going to happen. I, I think agree. so. Yeah. I think I think, yeah. I think they're going into this year just being undersized, and I think, the, I think Doc's going to run an offense where, no, there's no set point guard on the court, and we're just going to, there's going to be kind of this motion type thing where we're not pulling this out, but everybody's in their position to be a threat. Okay. And then, so my point is simply this, and I, I, I get what you're saying. I understand what mm-hmm. you're saying. My point is simply this. Kawhi, yes, we've seen him in a motion-based offense with San Antonio. Just fine. Just fine. We haven't seen Paul George in that type of system. We've never seen Lou Williams thrive in that type of scenario. You're trying to take a bunch of players who have never played in a system Put them in. We already know Paul George is missing time this season, so he's not going to come in and get training camp and get that uh, uh, continuity cohesion. And cohesion. Yeah, the roster is weird. That's my point. And then you're adding. You still got guys like Maurice Harkless, Jermichael Green, Patrick Patterson. Those are role players. Those they're are guys. Role- they're not. They're not going to go against anything Doc says. I understand that. My point is simply they're role players, but at the same time, they're all the same. They're the exact same player. He, and here's. And here's one thing I give credit to all championship teams. You may have the same player on the team or a multiples of – you have duplicates in a sense. Mm-hmm. But in a championship system, when you know a championship is on the line – You act different. Everybody's buying in. That's what we credit Golden State for. That's what we credit – and to some extent, that's what we credit what LeBron does with his veterans. It's like, that's fair. hey, Tristan, you're not going to shoot the rock. You get a board, you kick it back. You gotta out. Buy, like, they got to buy in. They got to so, buy into the so system. So I, I think that's what's more going to be like. If you're not a scorer, if you're not Lou, if you're not PG, if you're not Kawhi, you're not touching that right. You're not score. touching you're it. Not, yeah. You play defense, you get a board, you get back. That's it. That's it. That's your job. It's hard to buy. Cornflake, what's your job? It's, yeah. Pass it to Will. <laughs> 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 and I think with Lou being, I think the reason why they're going to keep Lou, of course, throughout the years, your exact reason you started with. PG's gonna miss bare minimum twenty. Yeah, I think those first, at least those first twenty, because the West is gonna be very tight for seeding purposes. Mm-hmm. You can hold on. Yeah, just having Luke Kawhi get in your buckets, and then whenever PG comes, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure Kawhi. I don't think he'll be on as much load management because he actually was coming back off of an injury. That's fair. I think because he's fully healthy now. I see him playing more than what he did last year. And any games that he will take off, he probably won't even start to take off until after at least PG comes. Because Kawhi's not going to leave just Lou out there because now we're, we're in the same situation we were in a couple months ago. So I think because Lou's there, it's going to balance it off. I mean, I just, like I said, I, I agree. Any championship team, there has to be buy-in. Guys, role players have to buy into the system. My point is simply, it's always harder to buy into an ISO system which I think that's where they're going to end up running at the end of the day. It's going to be an ISO-driven system with Kawhi, Paul George, even Lou Williams to an extent, maybe a little bit more pick and roll with Lou Williams, but it's going to be an ISO-type system. It is harder for role players to buy into an ISO system than it is to buy into a motion-based player movement-type system. And I think what they'll also get this year, because this is one of the better defensive units we've seen, oh, they're going to be amazing. With I defense. think they're going to have less half-court 
possessions because they're going to be forced in tough shots and they're going to be able to Transition. get out and run. I'll give you that. Now, that that could be their That's I think that what now, might... Going back to what we said earlier, offensive rebounds might kill them on that end. Offensive, offensively, yes. But you know what? You got to get the ball up. I mean, I think that's I think that's what a lot I mean, of still a lot of people are saying. Eight steals a game. That's a lot of people possession. are saying that like they got to get the ball to the rim, and a lot of people saying they not going. A lot of people ain't gonna do that. Like I can see it. You got Pat Bev, PG, Kawhi. I'm putting Lou Williams in every pick and roll and, and watching him and Shamit. You got all those guys on the floor. You got Montrez. Montrez is great. I'm um, going. I think he's a great defender for his size, and I think he's really good he on the perimeter. What people he's give able credit to switch out. He's not so, a great run protector. He's solid, but he's, he's not solid. great. But those four right there, like you said, if we're talking defense, Lou is not in that mix. He's but he's not. gonna have to be on the court. Like this point. But see, you got That's who you, you kill. Can, you can hide just like Lou. You go, just like you every, can, you can just hide like everybody Lou. goes at Steph. We're going at Lou like this. Like Lou's gonna die sure. here. For he's sure. gonna die here. For sure. He is. <laughs> but see, like Same I said, scenario. they got they got guys that can come off the bench. Lou is gonna be on the floor either with at all times. He's gonna have either. One of three guys. He's going to have one of Pat, PG, or Kawhi. That's a tough so, lineup to play together, Pat and Lou. Oh, I'm not saying he'll be on the floor with those three guys. I'm saying he'll be on the floor with a combination of – th- it, could, it could be Pat, Lou, PG. My, my Pat, point, yeah, like, right. a, like me, a Pat, Lou, Patrick Beverly backcourt, I ain't worried about that at all. I'm sorry. Basketball is becoming. I mean, we've seen the Raptors go Kyle Lowry and Fred Van Vliet at times and be successful, so I don't see why that can as well. Basketball is more and more today just about putting the five best guys on the floor. But that's true. We'll give you that. Far away. So, all right. So, we gave y'all our top 10 small forwards list. Y'all can go uh, give us all a hard time, especially TK. Shout out Kelly Uber. <laughs> um, We're going to get up out of here. TK, where can we find you, homie? You can find me on Instagram and Twitter at King, Taman. Uh, B, where we can find you? Uh, you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at only one Beecham. Uh, Milwaukee people don't don't come find me. I love I love y'all. Leak. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Leak. That's K O A C H L E E K. You gotta start spelling it out. Shoot, he ain't been here in a while. You know, you gotta remind everybody. And you can find me on. Instagram at one Greggy on Twitter at Greggy Chillin. You can find the podcast on Twitter at a Hoop Minor, a Minor <laughs> Hoops Pod, excuse me. Um, and you can find us on Instagram at Hoops Minor Pod. Um, we appreciate everyone who's listening. Uh, I'm getting a lot of people coming up to me talking about when we're gonna put it on YouTube. When we put it on YouTube, we're doing it real soon. Y'all keep keep on the lookout. Um, thank y'all again. Please be sure to subscribe. Please be sure to follow. We appreciate y'all. Remember. Eat, sleep, breathe the game. We love y'all. We out. A lot of people.